Hello, and welcome to tonight's episode of Alar's Refuge. My name is William Boyles, and I will be the Game Master for this series, presented by Away From Real Life. I've been playing Dungeons & Dragons for a majority of my life, and after the popularity of shows like Critical Role and Dimension 20, I got together with some of my friends, and we decided to try and record one of the games we play together as a podcast that we plan to release bi-weekly. This is something that we truly enjoy doing with one another, and we wanted to share with people like us who like to listen in and see what it's like in another person's shoes, listen to their stories, for the people who need to escape from reality for a little while, for those of us who just need something more, we want wanted to be able to contribute and give back. We will advise that any children listening to our show should be listening with parental supervision, as there may be times where there are violence, profanity, sexuality, or more. However, those things are not at the core of who we are or what this play session is about. We welcome your input and look forward to growing with you as we're figuring all of this out for ourselves. Before I introduce our players, I would like to introduce you to the realm of Alar. The realm of Alar is one of amalgamation. Before this world was created, there coexisted immeasurable planes. These planes each contained their own worlds, filled with races and cultures who grew independently from one another, with varying levels of awareness that these other planes existed. Over time, new planes would be created and others would die out in an ever-expanding and changing cosmos. But then came the Great Calamity. Depending on who you talk to in Alar, the story of what the Calamity truly was will change. It did not come uniformly for everyone and that they all experienced the same thing. But upon each of their planes, differing calamities suited for them were befalling their civilizations at a starkly increased rate from what had been determined to be the norm by those cultures who studied such things. During the final hours of the calamity, blue doorways opened within the final bastions of civilization and out stepped guardians, mechanical creatures, divine beings, more likely something in between. Each stood eight feet tall, four foot wide at the shoulders. The guardians were large and imposing. Helmets on their visors covered any face which may be underneath. When they spoke, their voices just peered within your head in whatever language you used to speak, as if they were using telepathy. Each guardian has two arms and two legs like a human, but they also possessed an additional pair of appendages, which appeared to be a second set of arms, about halfway down their torso. Initially, seeming monstrous, guardians were feared and vilified by the people undergoing these calamitous ruins. Before long, though, the people recognized the guardians were moving about the town, checking on people, healing them, resurrecting those who had died. Finally, given an audience, the guardians offered a chance. If the people here would abide by one rule, the guardians would take them to a location where they could choose how to rule themselves until the calamity had passed and the guardians could return them to their plane. The people were skeptical, but curiosity about what one rule could be forced the question to be asked. The guardians responded simply, Violence is not allowed where we are taking you, without form and structure. We will construct a safe location, which you may govern and rule yourselves, but we will also be constructing an arena at the center, which will be used for any physical disputes. Those who do not comply will no longer receive protection from the precinct. Thus, the first precinct was born. A civilization reduced to a city's worth of people, relocated to approximately 93 square miles of land, surrounded on each side by a 600-foot-tall hexagonal wall. The land was lush and green, and at the center stood an arena the size of the Colosseum. 
The guardians worked with the leaders of the refugees to determine what the habitat within the walls of the precinct would be like, and assisted with the construction of buildings needed for their survival. Food, building materials, and the magic needed for construction was all provided by the guardians. Those who chose not to follow the rules soon found themselves exiled, cast out of the city to fend for themselves among the kingdoms to the south, people who were native to these lands. Hourly, at first, more precincts were being constructed and filled by the Guardians, people from various different planes coming here. Older refugee groups were sending advisors to the new precincts to help them get situated, figuring out the way of the land, how to request for things from the Guardians, and forming some of the first alliances between precincts. As more and more precincts were being created, more and more land was needed, leading to an age of expansion and an ever-growing line of precincts building south and encroaching on the lands of people who were already here. Behind the massive walls, the refugees lived in relative peace, with only those tasked with jobs by the guardians to head south of the walls to prepare for the construction of more precincts ever truly running into anyone. By this time, the kingdoms of the south had had enough, though, and banded together, sending north a massive army to push back the intruders and their walls. Warriors from across the precinct were brought together to stave off this army, but one man, Velar Brashani, stepped forward as the legend tells, cast a spell which removed every living soul from the southern kingdoms off the face of Alar, millions gone to save billions. A grand arena was built at the site of the battle, the size of an entire precinct. The location is considered holy and would be used in the future to settle disputes between different precincts. Our story, however, takes place 3,000 years after the founding of the first precinct, in a precinct in the northeastern half of the continent, affectionately referred to its people as the Wheel. The Wheel is known for being the largest producer of cheese products in the northern half of the continent, and the people who live in the Wheel have nearly all been born here on the plain of Alar. It was their ancestors who fled the calamities to come here. The town itself has six major roads which run to each side of the hexagon, acting as trade routes, all centered around a large downtown area surrounding the arena. In the northwestern side of the wheel, there is a huge complex being used to farm all of the food necessary for those living in the precinct, as well as to send food to precincts that are still growing to the south. To the southwest, there is a large lake which holds small islands and a toll bridge. To the southeast, up on the walls themselves, jutting out with enormous elevators, exist the people of the Rim, Goliaths who stick to the old ways and don't want to join in with the people down in town. To the east and northeast, there are forested areas which are used for hunting and lumber farming. Directly north, there is a series of underground caverns where the cheese that the wheel is known for is curated. Tonight, however, we find ourselves near the finest tavern within three precincts, a shining jewel for the wheel known as the Dragon's Flagon. Our aspiring heroes were returning from what they had originally thought was going to be a very simple mission to retrieve a key from a rat that had stolen it at the Dragon's Flagon from a Loxodon merchant during a night of drunken revelry. While setting out to fight the rat, the party soon found themselves confronted with much larger truths about the nature of the precincts and those who guard them. They did well to manage to locate the key, and while they were on their way to returning it, they learned that two women from the Rim, sisters of one of our party members, had vanished. 
Now, setting out to figure out what could have possibly happened, our party is now approaching the dragon's flagon while riding on the back of a wheel trader's cart. It is late in the evening as your party is rolling along in the back of the weasel trader's cart. The gentleman has just kind of been up there humming along to himself as he's uh, rolling down the road back towards the, the downtown area of the In the back of the cart right now, we find our four traveling party members kind of caught in between a, a, a light doze and, and just a, a calm among them where nobody's really talking amongst one another. One of the party members seems to be asleep at the moment, and and the others are, are just kind of sitting there when the gentleman in the front turns to look back toward the party, and he looks towards Crete. Crete, could you go ahead and describe yourself for the party? Yeah. Crete is a large, even by Goliath standards, individual. He's built just very muscularly like has just kind of even under the under the chain mail that he's wearing you can just see that he's built to crush things kind of a thing Mm -hmm. Uh, he's got sort of shoulder length brown hair kind of half tied up into a knot and sort of a round shield is by his side as well as like uh, it's kind of like a battle act. He's sort of giving kind of like a quick sort of idle cleaning slash sharpening while they or the cart, cart right materials of the like bits of skin that you can see. You would notice that for those that came up in in this particular precinct would notice that he he differs slightly from a lot of Goliath in that he has no sort of tribal markings or tattoos of any sort, nothing on his face or hands or, or the, you know, like the short parts of his forearms that you can see. Highly uncommon to see someone of his sort of age completely unmarked at this point. He, he'll look up and, you know, make eye contact with the driver and say, everything all right? Oh, yeah, my boy. Just... We're coming up here toward to the the where where you guys had asked to be dropped off at the dragon's flagon, and uh, well, your your wee friend is asleep back there, and I just wanted to make sure that uh, everything was going to be okay. Oh, I'll wake him. And Fio, go ahead and let us know what you what you what uh, your character looks like. So Fire being uh, a Fire Genocide has a bit of a glow about her, particularly her eyes. You can definitely see the fire behind them. She's got black, wavish hair, about just below shoulder length. Uh, and she's just got neat black outfit on, nice little belt buckle, and little little bits of jewelry here and there as well that she likes to think are very nice. But maybe if you had a lot of money, you wouldn't think it's so nice. All right, so this this very well dressed to most people, Fire Genasi is riding along in the back and talking about Trill. Trill, why don't you go ahead and describe our sleeping little fairy? Uh, yes, uh, Trill is a 
very of average height, which is to say roughly around three feet, give or take an inch, depending on whether he's sulking or not. He is has kind of like the purplish kind of teal colored hair extends down to his eyebrows, but you know, darker there. He's currently kind of dressed in, well, quite the opposite of Fio. He's actually dressed rather nicely, just the clothing clearly has been worn and worn down a lot. But those who are in the know would know that the actual quality of the clothing is pretty high, despite the fact that it's not maintained as well. And he's currently kind of sleeping in the back with his, you know, head just up against the side of the cart, snoring. Have you grabbed anything to, like, tuck yourself away? Because there's, like, blankets over top of these weasel cages that are no longer in use. Nope. He just got his uh, wings kind of tucked in around him. Arms crossed, which is kind of a default stance for him. Uh, whether just by convenience, because, you know, it's hard to know what to do with your hands when you're flying. You know, it's kind of like when you're acting, you feel like you need to be holding a cigarette or something like that, and you don't know what to do with your hands. For him, he just tends to cross his arms a lot, which also kind of matches his personality to a degree. Okay. All right. And then uh, the back of the cart, I am assuming, probably like as close to an edge of it as it can be, is the final member of our party. Crawl, would you go ahead and describe what you look like for us, please? Yeah. Crawl is a male half-orc. He has long black hair and an, an immaculately trimmed beard that comes down in the front. He has leather shoulder pads and a leather cloak and pants that are all well-made. And he ha- does not have a shirt. He seems to be almost dressed as a barbarian would, or someone who's more out in the wilds. But it's very clear that he takes good care to make sure that everything looks correct on him. And he looks like he fits in the society well. He does not look like your average orc that is ready to just hit and smash things, as he has a messenger bag on his hip that he frequently pulls a book out of to read. Okay. And so, after hearing from you guys that it's not going to be a problem and you're going to be able to get the, the ferry up, he says, we're, we're probably about f- five more minutes out, I would guess. Thank you. Uh, you know, if you guys need, I have some cages back here for sale. Fire just kind of looks at him and looks at the cages and looks back to him. The right size for your little friend to sleep in front there. He needs like a nice place to sleep in your house to mount up in a wall or something. Did they have a lock on them? Oh, I, I could sell you a lock for an extra silver. Fire's contemplating if um, this might be a really rather nice prank in. Is it worth the silver? Hmm. Uh, so the, the as you're sitting there and pondering whether or not you're going to buy a cage to to keep Trill in, uh, you guys are rolling up here uh, once again after having just been at the rim, which is the place along the wall of the wheel that you guys live in. Jutting out from the sides are were the very large buildings, and the the Goliath community essentially all lives up there. And you guys had found out that Nix and Nox, who are sisters of Crete, had gone missing, presumed kidnapped. And you guys had gathered information that there were rumors that Mistos, who is Crete's uncle, was in town today. 
when you guys went up to the residence of Nixon Knox, which is right by Crete's house, you guys did a little bit of poking around, a little bit of investigating, and you found that everything that they owned was gone from the house. And it looked like a alarm, a, a dummy alarm that was built onto one of the windows had been set off. You guys determined that the best course of action for now was to head back towards the dragon's flagon to see if there was anybody who had any more information on either Mistos or Nixon Knox. You guys managed to hop on a ride with Open Helmet, who I don't think you guys have ever asked this guy's name, but his name is Open Helmet, who is a weasel trader who lives uh, a precinct over. And you guys met him when you were uh, on your way back from your previous quest, and he was generous enough to let you guys catch a ride back now that he had managed to sell off all of his weasels. You guys are not sure if he managed to sell them off as, like, you know, pets, or if he was selling them to the other traders as food while they were all stuck in line. But, you know, one way or the other, he doesn't have weasels anymore. As you guys kind of were were on your way back over here, it was a, a relatively quiet and uneventful ride. It is there's there's tension in the air right now because you know you're you're not exactly sure where your family is right now, Crete, and you know the rest of you have seen your your very mighty companion here, kind of unnerved for probably the first time for the majority of you. But the, the remaining time that you guys have to, to, to roll up here to the Dragon's Flagon is yours to kind of talk amongst yourselves if you want, or uh, we can, of course, just speed ahead and, and get to the, the Flagon if you would like. Kree uh, will just look up at the driver and say, are you, uh, are you planning to bunk at the Flagon for the night before you head out again, or do you have other accommodations in town? Oh no, no! I've I've been gone for far too long. I need I, I need to be getting back home. All this right. is just you know fastest route because I've got to head back up to like the wheel center in the middle because you guys don't have any roads that like go sideways here for some reason. Where's home for you, friend? Oh, you know, uh, I'm a precinct over to the uh, the the west there. Uh, where I come from, they call it the Bladed Vale. Um, there are, <sighs> well. There's quite a lot of people like me there who who are dealing in animals, you know, uh, wild animals that are needed for rituals or ceremonies or pets or food. Um, you know, we we do a lot of uh, wild animals. Uh, the weasels here are actually probably uh, one of the safest things that we deal with. Uh, my my old lady and I were we have a manticore actually that we're uh, taking care of in the basement right now. So I really need to get home so that I can feed it. Whoa. Do you have a like company name, or do you just are you just Weasel Man? Uh, Hel- Hel- Helmet Farms. My name what is was open, your name my, again? My oh, open open Helmet. Oh, okay. Fly's gonna scribble that down in her journal. Were, were you born with that name, or did you adopt it? Oh no, no, no! I was lucky. <clears throat> this name was actually passed down to me. Uh, it was given to my grandfather, actually. Uh, he was the first of my family to be born here on Alar. It was a, a name given to him uh, after in uh, what you would call an arena battle. And uh, he lost, and he was renamed. And uh, in order to make it you know, more noble, my father thought he would give it to his son. And uh, that's been my name since I was a child. 
I never even thought that you could have an arena battle and force someone to change their name. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can arena battle over anything. I mean, you can't fight in the streets here, but like... I mean, I mean, I, I know. I just never I just never made that connection that you could do that. That would feel so strange. You know, I've thought once or twice about fighting my father to see if I could change it, but, you know, it it's unique. People remember it. Well, I was going to offer to buy you a drink, but you seem to be in a hurry, so... Uh, I mean... If you've got, like, a few extra silver, I could pick up some more meat on the way home for the Metacore. I could take that instead of the drink. Uh, happy to. Here, how about this? And Crete will pull out a gold coin and hand it over and say... Uh, oh, oh, boy, this is far too much. I mean, I, I gave you a quick ride. Yeah, what? It's and why you just made it weasels? It's not something I need, so... Oh. You can, uh... You can stock up a little bit more, so you're. Uh, you can buy me a drink. You go out a little longer. Well, I'm I'm happy to take it. I mean, if you're sure, but um, you know, I I appreciate it. And why don't you take a take a blanket for your wee friend there? Uh, yeah, Crete will grab one of the blankets age. and like he'll when just when your of... hands when your hands touch the blanket, the blanket itself almost seems to ripple from where your hand touches it as if a prestidigitation spell has been cast on it, and it instantly cleans itself. Do you, like, look at Fio? Did you, did you do that? Oh, mm -mm. no, 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 boy. A little bit of magic that my wife worked. You see, it's awful hard to have to do laundry all the time when you're dealing with so many animals, so uh, minor spells, enchantments, things like that, that's that's more her hobby. Oh, hmm. Okay, he'll, like, give it, like, a quick sniff. It smells wonderful, as if freshly washed. Huh. Um, should we call really? you Open? Or do you want the full name, Open Helmet? Uh, however you wish. I, but most people just call me Helmet. Okay. Crete just re reaches over and like puts the blanket over Trill. As soon as the blanket kind of lands on him, Trill just like jumps awake. Get, 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 get off, get off, get, get off me. What, what is, what is that? You are wrapped it's in what blanket. is probably the nicest blanket you've been wrapped in in, in weeks, Trill. Yep. Alright, as soon as uh, Trill wakes up, whatever kind of minor smell of weasels there starts to get overpowered by the brownie smell, which kind of kicks back up as soon as he wakes back up. Oh uh, man, it only happens to you while you're awake? Oh, no, it's, is... there, it's there when I'm sleeping, it's just, it's subdued. Oh, I love that. Okay, I'm gonna yeah. mess that. So later. Now I'm awake. It's stronger again. So yeah, the whole back of the cart now smells like freshly cooked brownies again. Uh, do they smell like burnt brownies when you're angry? Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, but that should be a thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, Trill just starts kind of flailing his arms like uh, un unwrap, unwrap me, please, 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 please. I don't like being wrapped in things. Please get this Trill off. Pull the blanket off of him. Whew. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Jeez. Nice, nice blanket, though. Doesn't smell like weasel, surprisingly. It's self-cleaning. Oh. Well, that's Pretty handy. Well. Give it a nice fold. Yeah. One, uh, just, just so you know, once a day when when you touch it, it'll do that. It's not like it does it every time, but that that would be if we could figure that out. I tell you, we'd sell it to that mix of ink corporation. Yeah. Hey, Trill, you should get that spell for your clothes. 
I have a spell like that for my clothes. I just I haven't used it in a while. Mm-hmm. That's something you have to prepare and plan for. And I, you know, it's you, you're working at the you know flagging, and you're uh, you're gonna get things all over your clothes. So what's the point in cleaning it like you know three four times a day? That's uh, that's just <laughs> that's just no reason for that. So um, yeah, I, I I do I do other things with my uh, talents, but yes, I could if I wanted to. Which actually, I might need to again sometime soon. He just like puts his nose up in the air, but sniffs a couple times. Mm, I am so hungry. Oh, can you smell them fairy pies too? I I know we're getting close. I can smell it. I can almost fairy hear pies. the music. Yeah. Do you, do what? You, know, you don't know of the fairy pies? No. Is that like a euphemism? What the hell? What kind oh, no, of card is this? They sell them at the dragon's flagon. I got them on my way in. It's like it's like what? a pie. It's like a pie with like fruit in it. Then all of the fruit is alcoholic. Mm-hmm. I know what you're talking about. It's wonderful. Apparently, it was invented the other day. Yeah, I think I was there. Wait, 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 wait. Why are they called? Why are they called fairy pies? That's, that's, hold, that's a new thing. They weren't he, called that yesterday. He holds up this little wrapper thing that you can see, like for a to-go thing for his little pie, and it's got the dragon's flag and logo on it, but then it has your smiling face holding up a piece of pie, and all around your mouth is just, like, pie bits and crumbs. It doesn't you even can, look like me. You, you can tell from looking Wait, at it almost immediately open? that the handwriting, it definitely looks like this is something Anita drew. Oh my god. This this is this is too far. This is way too far. Alright, this, this kind of artwork is gonna be all over the city. It's That's it's cute. totally gonna ruin my image. Not so much. I mean, this is actually some pretty good line work. Yeah. Yeah. If you're like, you know, a pudgy eight year old human, yeah, sure, it's great to be featured on a wrapper with pie crust gunk around your face. That's pretty much I mean, all they do. Hey, like if this gets around town, you're going to be actually known around town. I'm not like that. That's not how I want to be known. Who would want to be known like that? All bro, right, bro. friends. I know that we're very excited right now in the back, uh, especially you, wee man. But uh, we have arrived here at the, the Dragon's Flagon. Ah. Beautiful. Thank, Thank you, you, good sir. You, you guys can see out front that uh, Leroy, the, the stable guy, is out there just aimlessly kind of raking the ground in front of the stables. There are no leaves, but he just keeps raking. And Trill, almost immediately up at the uh, entryway to the Dragon's Flagon, which is a very large two-story, what appears to be a two-story, from the outside building, with colorful banners on the side of it that are all done up in violets and white colors, ivory colors, um, with the symbol of the dragon's flagon. And about it, you can see that there's a small stable out front. There is a very large boulder that sits out front that Trill, uh, you know, as someone who works at this bar, a long time ago, there was a bar bet about who could lift that boulder, and no one had ever successfully done it. And then Mistos came down, and he was actually the one who lifted the boulder for the first time. And now anyone who lifts the boulder gets a free drink. It's kind of a draw for this place. People from all around will come, 
the boulder has been lifted many times, and every time there's kind of like a little celebration when it happens, everybody kind of gets drunk, has a good time. The sides of this building are immaculately clean. The The wheel itself has kind of a grime to a lot of it. It's not that it's dirty, but it's well lived in. The people there are moving about every day. Dust and dirt is kicking up. It kind of builds up on the side of buildings. But every single day, without fail, the sides of this building are cleaned, usually through the use of magic. Sometimes when certain individuals break plates or something like that, it has to get cleaned by hand. We won't name any names, Trill. But what you see as you guys are approaching is a site that you are kind of unfamiliar with, Trill, and that is the fact that Pauline seems to be standing outside waiting. She challenged her to her Coliseum duel. What? She used my name without my permission, in my likeness, and made me look like a fool. Trill, Trill, I think what you should really do is use this as leverage to try to get a higher wage or something. Aww. I wanted to see that fight. Uh, can't hire wage any royalties. Should we get a percentage of each one of those pies they sell? I'm gonna give her a piece so, of my mind. Uh, I, I don't, I don't mean to be rude or anything, but this is where you were going, right? Trill already is out of the cab. Yeah, yes, back of the carriage. Sorry. Thank you, friend. Thank you. Crawl oh, of course. Come out, go out of the carriage. If you guys ever come west, please feel free and stop by. I uh, I live in the, the upper part of town. Perfect. What uh, what race is Open Helmet? Uh, Open Helmet it appears to be a very dark-skinned dwarf. Uh, uh, if you are familiar with what uh, Durgar are, he is a Durgar. One of them okay. normally living under the ground dwarves. Uh, Trill's making a beeline right towards Pauline. Uh, oh, good. Flying. There you are, hon. I have been, I have just been waiting for you. And oh, your friends are here too. Oh, thank goodness. Okay. Uh, Trill, I know that this is oh. normally outside of what you need to do, but I, I need you to be a bouncer right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you need me to be a bouncer. Oh, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Uh, I was actually hoping to talk to you about some other, uh, you know, kind of... Yes, yes, uh, I'm sure you have very mm, important things you need to talk no, about. No, no, it's specifically... They're from Mixit. What's from Mixit? The people I need you to throw out. <laughs> yeah, um, I figured you would like well, this one, honey. Uh, but for, uh, no, that's that's. Don't change the subject yet, though. I'm angry about something else. Can we wait? Can we uh, put a pin in it? They are drinking no, up a storm, uh, and I uh, mean drinking. They aren't even eating any fairy pies. That those. That's what I need to talk to you about. Those things. She pulls My out a face. contract, and 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 just the contract unfolds in front of you, and and she is a human. Uh, Pauline is uh, a female human. She is about five foot nine, uh, blonde hair. Uh, she, she, uh, you wouldn't necessarily call her muscular, but she was a, a a larger woman. She has been working in this kitchen. She's been chopping meat. She's been working here for a long time. She's got some some crow's feet near the corners of her eyes. That if you didn't, if you knew her better, Trill, you, you or you didn't know her as well, you would think that 
she was somebody who laughed and smiled a lot, but all you've ever really seen out of her is the stern side of her with you. She looks like somebody who can can control a very rowdy kitchen, and, and she has been somebody who has done that. And even as she holds this thing, this contract out in front of her, when she lets it go, it keeps unfurling until it hits the ground, and then it rolls out a little bit. And she points to a section that's about halfway down, and it talks about likeness rights. And it, this is your employment contract, hon. You signed this. Well, yeah, maybe. How many years ago was that? I, I mean, uh, is it three? Three? Uh, no, what, wait, really? wait, no. You have been here four and a half years now, haven't you? Yeah, I think so. But wait, I don't remember signing this. Where? Oh, oh I see my, sense my hand. Right down there at the bottom. I mean, it was kind of folded up when you signed it, but you didn't ask anything. You said so. the rest of it wasn't important. Oh, okay. Still on you to read it, and you know that, honey. But anyway, that, that's, the that's, that's besides small. the point. Uh, Crete, are you available, honey? Yes, what can I do for you, lovely lady? All excretions, what does that even mean? There are three gentlemen inside that have just been drinking and causing a ruckus, and I cannot get them to leave for the life of me, and it's getting to a point where it's going to come down to having to challenge somebody, and I was just hoping that maybe your larger physique might be helpful here. There's three limbs? I don't even have to pay for it. What the uh, It'd be my pleasure to help out. Uh, but. Uh... Hey, Carl. Yeah. My, this might be more your wheelhouse, so. I might be able to talk to him. Get nope. him to just leave peacefully. Nope, 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 nope. I knew you were going to say that second thing after the first thing. First thing being talk. The second thing is peaceful. No. No, 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 no. You don't understand who these people are, right? We're going to probably have to throw them out, because if you start talking to them, I guarantee they're going to throw the first punch, and then you're at a disadvantage. That's why when we go in there, you need to True. start throwing punches. True. Remember, we get banned from the arena if we get violent. They do too. So I don't, no one's going to throw punches. You want to throw but somebody? Somebody does need to make a point. So I think uh, I think crawl's a good way to start, and um, I'll be happy to finish it if we have to. You will. Uh very obviously see who it is when you go inside, but it's the two larger gentlemen with the uh, trill-sized fellow. He's the real problem, to be honest. Those, those, those other two aren't, aren't a big problem, but that little gnome man, he's he's just been straight-up rude to poor Anita. Well, we can't have that, can we? No, and like I said, I didn't want to do anything. I went and talked to the gyms, and, and the bartender said that they were going to go and do something about it, but I just figured, I was I was hoping y'all were going to be coming by, to be honest. Well, I'll try to talk to him, and then if maybe, uh, Kreet, do you want to just be there next to me as some added support? Happy to. All right, I, I can't thank you enough, and, and of course, you know, drinks will be on the house, and, and Trill will make sure he takes care of uh, swinging anything y'all need. Mm. Awesome. Trill of us? Of, of course, Miss File. I'm aware that your tab generally ends up somewhere else. Well, thank that you, Miss. That sounds convenient. She is very good at it. If I had her looks and her skill, I tell you, I wouldn't be here. Just like 
starts doing a couple stretches a bit uh, and kind of makes sure everything you on see, his body is like tucked away. You see Leroy sees you doing stretches and, and this is a, a spindly looking older guy. Uh, he's probably late 60s, early 70s. Um, he's a sweet older guy. He's kind of losing his memory and so he, he's kind of been taken in and they kind of take care of him here. But as he sees that you're doing stretches over there, he starts kind of mirroring what you're doing and copying it. And like what you're doing with, with your weapon, he's doing with his rake. Uh, you know, if Creek kind of notices, he just like looks at him and like gives him a quick wink and then you know head back in into the uh bar you you go go ahead and give me a quick insight check first roll of the night all right that's nothing uh six okay well you don't notice it but uh passive insights on the rest of the party look to be high enough uh Leroy's day has clearly been made by this interaction. Like, if he had been having a bad day till this point, this was this was the moment that saved it all for him. Was it the winking? It was. It was the acknowledgement. He is <laughs> so happy about it. Uh, so you guys, the she Pauline uh, leads you guys kind of into the building. Uh, she immediately starts making her way kind of around the outside of the room, back to the opposite corner where the kitchen is, and and she, you see that she kind of points out a table where there appear to be a very large furbolg and a very large bugbear sitting across from one another, and actually on the table itself, sitting on a wheel of cheese, holding a pint of of one of the the various drinks that they serve here at the Dragon's Flagon, wearing a red-pointed hat and a green cloak and some brown leather armor. On one of his arms, he's got a buckler that's made of what appears to be like a shining blue metal. And in his other hand, holding the drink, it's kind of sloshing around as he's sitting there talking to his friends. Crawl, from your meandering about town you kind of clock this guy as one of the managers of one of the mix it ink stores that are in town which is an alchemy store that is kind of common uh they 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 are known to be kind of like a franchise and they are all over the precincts to the south and have been slowly moving their way north okay but i don't know anything about these three individuals correct you know that the gnome is the manager of one of the stores. Um, you don't. You're not familiar enough with him to like know a name or anything like that. Just you've seen him going to and from the store. Okay. From an, just an initial glance, it kind of looks like if it, just to kind of put it in context, uh, a pair of employees going out to drink with their boss after work is what the, the situation kind of feels like. Because the two guys are clearly not as drunk and having as much fun as the small gnome man is. All right, Crawl's going to just walk over to the table. Hey, how you how y'all doing? Well, hi there. Do you want to drink too, friend? I mean, I I would love to, but probably a little bit later. Oh, right. well, that's unfortunate for you because they got they got they got really good drinks there, don't they, Bart? And you see that the the bugbear kind of looks and, and nods and goes. Yeah, they they sure do, Pebble. Right now, I'm just kind of here because the the bar staff 
has mentioned that you're getting a bit uh, too rowdy. Oh, I come in here and I just want to tell some stories about some crazy things that I've seen in this town. And all these people got to just be telling me I got to leave. I work very hard all day. Do you know that? I'm sure you do, friend. I'm sure you I'm, do. I, I work very hard and I deserve to let loose, especially when giant black things are eating people. I'll tell you what. What giant black eating people how, things? Yeah. What do you, it, it was you you know how it goes. If you buy me a drink, I'll tell you a story. That's how it works with me. How about, don't you know? I thought it was the other way around. You buy me a drink and I listen to you. No. No. That you, you drive want, a hard bargain, but if you, you want the extended if you want the extended warranty, you have to buy me a drink. I'm good. I'll go elsewhere. Fire wonders off and sees if she can scam a drink from someone else. Okay. Trill um, at this point has kind of perched himself on the fireplace kind of mantle. Oh, look at him over there. It's the Barbely Boy. Hey, Barbely Boy. Uh, Crete. What, what's your name, bud? Uh, me? I am Pebble. Pebble Chagrin. All right, Pebble. I'll tell you what. You deserve to have your fun. But so do all the people here, and you're kind of ruining their fun. We should all have fun together. That, they don't want to have fun with you. That that small child over there wouldn't even drink the beer I sent over. You need. You should really think about heading on out, friend. I'll tell you what. I'll even give you some. Give you a, a nice silver piece to get you to uh, mosey on out of here for now. Um, how about you buy me a drink? And I will go. I think that's a reasonable idea. Yeah, I'll we can go. We'll, I'll I'll, hey, you know what? No, Carl, I'll buy them the drink. How about I just uh, buy maybe? You know what? I'll even buy you two drinks. And um, you know, we could take this bowl here, and I'll set it on the ground outside. And you can go there and just lick it right off the grass. How's that work for you? Oh, oh, you're so you're so sad, Barbely boy. Why are you so sad? Is it because your whole family is failures? Whoa. Whoa, friend. <laughs> what? It's really rich coming from someone who is only successful because you latched onto the coattails of someone actually accomplishing anything. You as if you could have managed your store by yourself. Hey, I went where the money was, and I have a big fancy business, and I have, look, I have drinking, You have table scraps. I have drinking friends, and you have a hovel. He will just lean into the table. Like, he puts his hand down on the table and leans real far in to the point where oh, hey. like, he's pushing so hard the table starts to, like, crack. Ooh. Hey, I know you. You have the sisters that got eaten. You know what, friend? I was trying to be nice, but I'm just going to leave this one to creep. <laughs> and uh, Crawl's just going to take a step back and put his hands up. Creed will look over at the, the bugbear and the furbog. Yes, them. The the you 
do you really want the consequences of tonight to fall on the two of you? I think we should maybe uh, figure out what he's talking about. I mean, he seems like he knows something about your sisters, and I'm wondering if maybe he had a hand in it. I think that my... Cal- you, you see that the, the bugbear is the one who begins to respond first. I think that my friend may have had a bit too much to drink, but I don't think that it's hurting anybody around here. Do you think that it's hurting anything, Arnie? The furball responds. I don't think so, Bart. Both of them kind of lean forward onto the table themselves, and it kind of lifts the table back to where it's supposed to be when they do it. While this is going on, Firehood there, I gave that like child a small beer and he didn't drink it. Makes a beeline over for there, gets that drink, and walks uh, back over. Is it still you, there? You see that there is a, an elven mother with a, a human father that are just kind of sitting at a table across from one another. And sitting next to them appears to be their, their half-elven child. And everyone has like what you would assume is like for most people like a supper type dinner but this is like two or three in the morning so you're assuming that these are travelers or something like that who are finding someplace to stay for the night before they're going on to wherever they're supposed to be and they look not not shocked at the behavior but definitely unsettled but yes, that that out the beer is still sitting there, kind of on the table, and like over towards the edge of the table. And so, if you wanted to, you could probably very easily walk over and pick it up. Nobody's going to try and stop you. Mm-hmm. So she's gonna, yeah, she's gonna casually like whoop, turn around, walk back, and like, hey Pebble, here, look, I bought you a beer. Let's hear that story now. Oh, oh, see, this lady here, she knows how to treat a man. <clears throat> All right, ah, well, I mean. And he looks back to Crete. Drink? You're kind of like close, bud. I'm just going to look over at um, one of the bartenders and give him kind of a, you know, one for the house kind of scenario. You see that that uh, one of the three orc bartenders that works here, which uh, are all named Jim, uh, but different spellings of Jim. But so Jim with two M's looks over to you and just kind of gives you the, "Are you serious about this? Like, do I have to give this to him?" And then after a moment, he's like, "Ugh!" And he reaches over and grabs a glass and puts it next to the. In this place, there isn't necessarily one single bar there is a series of kegs that are kind of placed around the room and each of them is tended to by one of the gyms and they will go ahead and they will empty down into the in, into a mug for you whatever they have there are no signs up to tell you what is what they what they have that day it's kind of a rotating thing you just kind of gamble when you when you come here as to what kind of ale you're going to get but you see that what seems to come out of the tap this time is a very red and kind of frothy ale that you almost instantly recognize as an elven vintage great we'll wait for a drink and then sit down very interested in this story 
I'm sure it'll be such an amazing story that it'll be the last one you tell tonight. <laughs> oh, funny, funny. I have a lot of stories to tell, friend. But, uh, you, you were very rude. And there's the marbly boy. You see, he reaches over and he grabs a bowl and he sets it down and he takes the drink that Fio gave to him and he pours it in the bowl. Drink, and I'll tell you what happened. No, no, you said I buy you a drink and you'll tell me the story. Oh, yeah, but then the barbely boy went and pushed buttons. Drink. Yeah, but you're telling me the story, not them. All right. Just, his eyes are locked on Trill. Treat now literally just stands up, drains his beard. No, 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 no. Puts it down. Uh, and says, do we want to take this to the Coliseum? Let's do it, boy. You versus my two guys here. You can bring one of your friends if you want. Come on, let's go do it. Right wait now? A minute, wait a minute. You challenged me. Yeah, two people fighting for both sides because I get to choose the rules because you challenged me, boy. Fighting with fists, weapons, and magic. But afterwards, no matter what happens, they got to come back to life because I need these two for inventory tomorrow. So non-lethal. What? What are we even... What's the wager? You win, I tell you the story. You lose trill drinks out of the bowl in front of everybody in the arena. I was shaking her head at both of them like, I had this. What's it going to be, Barbily boy? Great. I, um. Hey. You can make a I choice here. Just... Let's be honest here. Are you spoiling work. for a fight or not? Because I'm sure someone else besides this chump here knows the story. Um, no, it's fine. Um, we just met, after all. Um, I'm probably going to go help Anita in the back room. Um, but you guys, you paid for the drink, so you guys should be able to hear the story. Um, I'll see you guys some other time, I guess. It's fine. It's fine. Oh. Barbely boy is crying. It's so sad. You see, he reaches over and he picks up the bowl and he just starts drinking out of it. Sets it back down. You drink it. Tell us the story. What? No, there's a challenge. It's been lowered and accepted, so you guys need to figure out who's fighting. Fine, I'll freaking take you on. Okay. What are you guys, how, how long do you need? The arena is open. We can go. Let's go now. Okay. Fest, she um, who's who's going to fight? I got to go tell Driscoll. I'll be in the arena. Okay. Who else? I said two, two. You, gotta need, you need another person. Hey, I'll, I'll be I a sh- second. I should, do it. I, sh- I should do it, I think. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I haven't really ever been into the arena yet. Um, but, you know, it's my fault that we're doing it, so I should do it. No. No, true. 
Yeah, that's you. To. Bring the hot girl. Bring bring her. Like that's just a not... hot girl, but she's on fire. <laughs> this is our fight. All right. Lean over towards Trill. Look him in the eye and just say, you need to learn how to ask for help. That's why we're here. Let's go. Yeah. Okay, let's go, guys. Let's go. And you see he tries to stand up from from his seated position on the cheese wheel, and you can almost all immediately see the vertigo in his head as he just flops forward, knocking over the, the candelabra that's kind of on the table and the other drinks that have been there. The bowl tips over, and he just kind of looks around and goes, Oh, well, that's going to be a problem for somebody to clean up. And he hops down. Let's go, boys. We'll see you at the arena. In, like, I don't know, an hour? You know that from this location, it would probably take you 15 to 20 minutes to walk to get to the arena. And if arena matches are issued, it usually does take about an hour to two hours to get the arena set up and ready for the battle to occur. So you okay. see that he hops down off of the table. The two, the Furbolg and the, the Bugbear both stand up and create... The Furbolg is mighty tall. He matches your height, and the Furbolg is very close to towering over you as well. You can see the Furbolg, as he stands up, seems to have a... You can kind of see underneath the clothing that he was wearing, there appears to be kind of a, a holy symbol on his chest that looks like it is a, a, a sun. And then you see that the bugbear, as he's standing up, he seems to have tattoos on his body that have the same image of the sun. They seem to make their way out, and uh, as as he is walking past the small child, Pebble looks to her and goes, I don't know why you didn't just have it. I mean, your parents are right there. You wouldn't have been safe. You would have been fine. Have a good trip, though. And he puts a gold down on their table as he walks away. Pauline looks out from the back in the kitchen to you, Crete, and just mouths a thank you. I wasn't really looking forward to something like this tonight. I know, let's I was go. looking forward to some pie, but now my blood is up, so let's freaking do this. I'm going to be your second, right? Dude, I don't think it's quite like that. We're partners in this. It's not. I don't think it's going to be a tag team match, basically. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Crawl is going to immediately follow them out. And then yep. just start looking for small critters or some anything like that to basically try to follow them, get some information on them, see if there's anything he can figure out. Roll me an investigation. See if you can see any small critters about to talk to. Um, Trill's going to set up on the critical table. Critical fail. Um, okay. Uh, with a critical failure, I will... I'll get back to you in just a second, Blake. Uh, with a critical failure, uh, when you are looking around... Not only do you not see any animals around, but you're not even sure where the trees went for a second because it's just kind of dark. And from coming inside where there were all these bright lights and sounds when you come out here, it takes your eyes a few seconds to adjust. And by the time you're able to get them to adjust and see anything, you've lost sight of them walking towards the arena. Very good. Uh, Trill's going to set up on one of the... On the kind of the 
table where they're at and kind of break out his uh, alchemy tools from outside and from his backpack and start mixing together an experimental elixir. I'm going to be using some of my spell slots for it. All right. Um, so I'm going to be creating a potion of boldness. And I'm going to hand that over to Crete. Um, I'm not the best fighter, obviously. Um, and sometimes I say and do stupid things that I can't necessarily back up, but I can back you up, you know, with this. Um, just take a swig of that and uh, should help you, you know, land your fights or, you know, avoid hits. It lasts about a minute. Appreciate that. Yeah. So, guess we're going to do this file. I didn't see you use many tactics the last time we faced those rats. So, um, do you fight? What do you mean? Much? I killed the rats. What are you talking about? I mean. You have a very explosive method of moving about the field. Yeah, that's my tactic. What? All right. We can manage then. Great. We'll pay Are you wanting more of a plan? Like... I mean, I don't see there's much need to plan. The... I mean, I figure I'll... I'll fuck one guy up so he's out of the fight for a while, and then you and I can just go to town on the other guy. Right. This You are talking about fighting him, right? Yeah. No. I mean, he, he said, you know, all things go kind of terms, so we just can't kill them so dead they'll stay dead. Crete, you know that if the match has been declared to be non-lethal, that after a fight, even if somebody's been knocked unconscious or even killed, so long as there is a part of the body still around, that they would be you would be resurrected. So you know that that is is less of a concern. You just you would know that like any kind of fighting or magic or anything like that is allowed, except for like disintegration type effects. You will both walk out of, or all four of the fighters will walk out of the arena alive, unless something goes really wrong. Say we head over, sit down, collect our thoughts, and uh, work out a strategy before we deal with this. That was my strategy. Trill. While you're sitting there, you finish mixing your potion. You're still just kind of like hanging out by where all of your alchemy gear is? Mm, yeah, at the moment, yeah. Okay. You see that the little half-elven girl has gotten up from the table, and she's like shyly standing near you, holding on to one of the wrappers, and looking at it, and looking at you, and looking at it, and looking at you. Wait, don't tell me you ate one of those things. No, my parents wouldn't let me eat it, but this this is you, right? Oh, sure. Yeah. Wow. What's it like to be so famous? Uh, 
Joe's gonna start packing away the alchemy gear. It's a very mixed bag. Well, I hope that someday I'm so famous that they put my face on things. Yeah, well, I mean, hopefully if you get famous, it's for something that you, uh, you know, wanted to get famous for. Then uh, it's great to have your face on everything. She kind of holds it forward towards you. Would you mind? What, throwing it away? Yeah, sure. No, I just no, kind of grab signing, it. signing it for me. What? No, I'm not going to sign a wrapper. Oh, I'm. She takes it. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend oh, you. Oh, don't don't make her oh, cry. Oh my! I don't know. It's I I I meant I'm not going to sign the wrapper because I don't have a quill or a pen or anything like that. Uh, do you All have right, a, here? Here, I, I, I pull one out of my messenger bag. Oh, there it is. God, thank you. Boy, I would. Lose my own head if it wasn't attached firmly to my body. Um. All right, let me uh let me sign that for you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. There you go. All right, there you go. Open your your fairy pies. She takes it from you, and you can see that she's like trying to suppress like a girlish squeal. And she turns around and she goes back, and you see that she very rapidly starts talking quietly to her parents and like showing off the little wrapper that she's got signed. Her mom is totally like feeding into it and like so excited for her. And the dad is just like, why is this trip not over yet? <laughs> we were supposed to be at your mother's house yesterday. Let's go to the Coliseum. All right. So you guys head on out of here. And like I said, it is not a very long trip for you guys to, to get there. You are heading from kind of the southeastern part of the town to the very center of town where the arena is surrounded on all sides, but one bridge by a uh, essentially a moat that is filled with water and actually filled with fish and people can come out here to, to fish if they would like. You know, there's a kind of a nice little garden parks and stuff like that set up kind of all around the arena and then on the actual road itself outside the arena and on the walls of the arena itself on the opposite side of the moat there is essentially a very large bazaar where there are all kinds of goods being sold at all time of day from from the very late at night till very early in the morning it will just constantly be be roiling in here with people making sales and purchases, bets being placed on upcoming fights, wares from down in the lower precincts, things that are said to have come from the southern kingdoms all being sold by various merchants, with stalls that are set up that are essentially carts that have been converted into little buildings where they stand for the most part. There are some larger buildings just on the outside of those that then are larger, more administrative buildings. The building that houses what's called the, the Wormling Hall, where all of the, the people who fight as gladiators for their living, they will live in this Wormling Hall that is located right across from the arena that is free housing that is provided for them and free food. Those people can act as champions either for themselves or for other people. You can see that all of the major organizations and large groups throughout the precincts all seem to have a building that is right here on the outside near the arena because the arena is really the heart of each precinct and where all of the true decisions are made. So it naturally draws people and power to this location. So the town gets livelier and it 
buzzes more the closer you get and the smells coming off from all of the different people who are cooking and selling things. You see that there are people, even at this hour of the day, moving to and fro in this area. There are people that are hawking small trinkets. There are people who are walking around in very low-key trying to pick pockets. And it's just, even at this time of night, here in the wheel, this place is alive. Is there anything that you guys want to look around for here or do anything here before you get to the arena itself? Corolla is going to kind of be wandering around, scratching his head, and he's like, I could have sworn there were trees and animals around here. And he is just confused. Because he stepped out and just completely forgot, like, everything. So he's going to probably try to find something else that lets him remember um, anything. That'll help him in, out in the situation. Once, once you get out and you start walking and your eyes kind of adjust, it just it took you too long to adjust. So, like by the time you guys are walking to this area, you would be able to see stuff again. You probably it would take you the full walk before you see an animal that you could get close enough to to uh, be able to talk to. the The first time that you saw a small animal, as you went to go and approach it, it kind of got skittish and ran off. You end up managing to find a, an owl. Okay, then I'm going to use my beast speech and try to talk to the owl. Okay, when you're using your beast speech, just for folks at home, uh, it allows Crawl's character to be able to speak to animals, but they don't have very elaborate vocabularies, uh, so they don't get to really respond in full sentences or ideas, more just words. Um, and, and then Crawl will have to kind of figure it out from there what the actual intention of it was. But it does allow him to speak with just about any animal he comes across. And at, at this point, the other three individuals are gone, correct? Yeah, you don't see them anymore, and you would guess that by now they would have made their way to the arena. Okay, I am going to speak to the owl then. Um, hey, bud. I'll reach out and give him, uh, like, a, a small little piece of meat. Delicious. Do you, uh, mind doing me a favor? More meat? Yeah, of course. More meat. Hand up another tiny little bit of meat. He eats so, and then he looks he looks at you very inquisitively after eating the second one happily. So there's three individuals that are that you should be in that large building there, and I point to the arena. I'm wondering he turns his head to look. I'm wondering if you can fly over it, look down, see if you can spot anything to tell me about, so that maybe I can uh figure out if they're strong, or maybe if one of them is sick, or maybe one of them is wounded and has a problem, that your uh, sharp eyes might be able to see. Okay. And it turns, and it starts to fly off. Alright. I think, I think to everyone else, he was just sitting there hooting. Crawl was just hooting uh, repeatedly. Go ahead and mm -hmm. roll me a... Go ahead and roll me a wisdom check. Or an oh, so I want to hear what it heard like. Animal handling, actually. 17. You realize, right after this all happened, that you just sent that owl to go look in a building to look for three people, and you didn't give him any descriptions, and he set off. So you are not sure what information he is going to come back with, but you didn't give him enough to be able to like find the people you were looking for. Fair enough. I'm just waiting at this point. Yep. 
Uh, so you guys continue moving into the bazaar area. Is anybody else looking for anything? I was kind of curious to see if maybe there's a potion store around. She's looking for maybe a healing potion or something like that. You are in luck. Right nearby there is a mix-it ink stand. Oh, perfect. There appears to be a small goblin female who is working the shop, and she's kind of standing out in front of it. Uh, free, free health potions! Free health potions! Anybody? And occasionally... What's the catch? Oh, nothing! <clears throat> don't you, everybody, everybody needs health potions, don't you know that? What if something bad happened? What if you, what if yeah. you stubbed your toe? You could fall over dead. That's a very Having a health point. potion on hand? Everybody needs yeah. a health potion. And mix it yeah. and cares about the people. Well, isn't that nice? I would like to take one. She hands you a health potion. Thank you. Uh, and it, I think all it, my friends when, should should have when, one. She's kind of like motioning to them. Oh, oh, of course. Everybody, what, what, one each. Uh, you see that these health potions that you're taking, uh, compared to a normal health potion, which kind of is baseball sized, these are like just test tube sized like it's like almost a <laughs> like sample. a sampler yes. yes it's like it's it's like an it's like a health potion sampler and uh using these will heal 1d2 plus one but each of you has a uh, uh health potion shot glass essentially i'm not taking one take one it's free yeah look at it what this would be useful if i get a splinter shut up oh, splinters are dangerous yeah <sighs> Do you happen to have a, a larger empty bottle I could purchase from you? We we have alchemy supplies, but they're at the store. <sighs> this is okay. this is like, you know, nighttime provisions on the go. Like, do you need some prestidigitation cream? He does. How about how about a potion of haste? No, wait, what potion of haste? Yes. You're just giving those away for free? No, for sale. Uh, you have you have money, right? No, I he doesn't. My wallet at home. Oh. I have money. I'm just not going to give any. Spend it here with Mix them. Mixing ink. Mix ink is pro- happy to provide free samples, but if you do not have any money to purchase, please move along. Yeah, I'll take one of those here. free samples. Here you go. Thanks. Hey, you look familiar. Didn't I Me? see you? Over- yeah. Didn't I see you over there? And she points towards what is the amb- ambassadorial building, like the the embassy building for various precincts. Um, if if any of their people would ever come here for official business, um, this is the building where they would stay. Oh yeah, I work in the ambassadors guild. My name's Crawl. Oh, very nice to meet you. I'm Giggly. My, Pleasure my, to meet you, Giggly. What do you do here? Do you just run this little stand, or do you work somewhere else, one of the larger places? No, no, no. This is my stand. I uh, I bought a franchise a few years back, and it didn't do so good. So they reassigned me, and they gave me this stall, and they're giving me housing and food, and uh, you know they're taking real good care of me, even in the downturn of the economy. Indoors are good. What district are you in? Uh, I I used to live in this place called Glory's Hail. Oh, it's a it's an elven district. Oh, well, okay. Does she look like you? Yeah, she's oh. my mom. 
all right. I didn't actually like. I, I don't think I knew her. I just I ran the store there. Yeah, you probably traveled in different circles. So, potion of haste you said you were interested in, lady. I have one available. How much? 2,000 gold pieces. What? I mean, it's a potion of haste. What do you want? You come in here and you ask for something like that? Yep, yeah. Okay, it's fine. I have things that are in lower price range if you're, you know, not a discerning lady like you appear to be. I'm already quick enough. Never hurts to be faster, dearie. I feel like it does kind of hurt. You know, like 2,000 gold pain. Give or take. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But not all of us have access to fancy magic. Some of us have to live here in the real world and do tinkering on their own. I had a very, very wealthy family of goblin tinkerers that I came down from. But our business went under. So what I do? Join the competition. Wait, so you just give in? You give up? I mean, I Sell make out. I make way more money now, and I don't have to do half the work. I mean, they make all these potions and send them to me to sell. I used to have to make potions from morning to night. Well, yeah, but that's where the passion is. I mean, I selling mean, it's just the, is the worst part, because then you have to deal with customers. I don't, I don't know why you're in this business, but I was in this not business, in this business. For money. Oh, not. I thought you were. You look like no. that kid on the poster they give us. And she pulls out this poster of Persona Non Grata, and your face is the first <laughs> one out of like twelve people. It's you, a a picture that looks like it may have be of someone who looks like your mom, but you know it's not your mom because she doesn't look like that. She's never worn those clothes. And mm -hmm. then like Ten other people that all have like whatever offense they had for why they're not allowed, like shoplifting or tried to tried to sell a false potion using our name, you know, stuff like that. But your name and picture are first on this list. And and hey, underneath look, it underneath it says violent outbursts. It was like one time, and first of all, it was not okay. It wasn't an outburst. It was. Well, I yelled, but, I mean, that's not why they kicked me out of the store. It was the overturning of shelves and rocks in the window. It was a long, drawn-out ban. I'm going to be in the Coliseum. How about we all go in? Yeah. All right, you guys all mm -hmm. start heading back towards the Coliseum. Uh, right around this time, Crawl, the owl, seems to fly down and land on a pillar that has a torch on it nearby like right as you're kind of crossing the bridge and it looks down at you meat hey buddy just walk over and hold out a piece of meat a little bit flies down and lands kind of on the ground next to you and is looking up at you meat I, i'll like hold it next to my shoulder so that hopefully he'll hop on my shoulder uh and i'll yeah. say hey hop up here bud yeah, he uh, he flies up and lands on your shoulder and looks around nervously for a second and then pecks at the meat. Yeah, you're good, you're good. So did you see anything? Lots of people. Oh, right. Did you happen to see three people standing in the middle of the arena? Fight. Fight? Fight in arena. Oh, there's a fight going on right now? Over. Okay. 
Angry Dwarf. Red Hat Man. Yeah, yeah, him, him. What can you tell me about him? Talk to Angry Dwarf. You talk to him? Red Hat Man. Very interesting. You want to roll an animal handling to see how well you can interpret what he's telling you? Sure. Natural 20. Go oh. out, like, offset that one I got. All right, so after after going blind, walking out of the building to look for things, you piece together from a few extra seconds of just standing out here and kind of slowing down as the party's walking across the bridge and talking to this guy, that he saw a man in a red hat talking to the angry dwarf. And as you're asking more questions, you realize the angry dwarf is Driscoll Fivar, who is the arena master. So it makes sense to you that that would have been where the pebble would have gone because he would have had to try and get the arena match set up. So he's he is at least giving you information that he found the right people. Did you see the two big people with the red hat man? Mm-hmm. What about them? Did they both look healthy? Did they look like they had any problems or anything? Or Big. Strong. One. Armored. One. No armor. Okay. Okay. Meat? I'm going to give you a little bit of meat. I'm going to give you a little bit more meat if you go try to peck one of them in the eye. Dangerous. Uh, roll me an animal handling to see if you can, can, can persuade him. Uh, 20, not natural. Alright, uh, I am going to say that this is at a disadvantage because you are trying to get him to do something that could end up getting him killed. 22 was my other roll. Alright, so still a 20. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to roll for this guy. And I got a natural 13. I was thinking this guy had a plus two, so you are actually going to beat this guy uh, with 15. And he says, much meat. Yep, lots of meat. And he looks at you for a second, and as as much as you can like think of a an owl giving like a wry smile or like a creepy opening of its mouth. That's kind of what it gives you, like at the excitement of more meat, and it flies off. You see that the rest of the party is kind of, I'm guessing, staring at you very confusedly. As for the second time, uh, an owl has appeared out of nowhere, and you've hooted at it randomly. He's totally used to this. Yep, that's what I do, people. So you relay the, all the information you gained? I mean, not yet. I don't think I've gained anything super noteworthy yet. I'm going to wait. Okay. Alright, so you guys continue heading into the arena. As you guys come up to the arena, this place is... Without understating it, this place is grand. Compared to everything else, and much like the dragon's flag in itself, the outside of this place is immaculate. It is clean. It is. It has huge columns of an ivory marble that uh, surround it and it's about every 20 to 30 feet apart from one another kind of surrounding this thing it has 
marquees and banners on it from various champions and fighters who have come to this arena over the years. There are huge pictures of Driscoll Fivar's face hung up uh, in some of these banners that just have has him with a big wry grin on his dwarven face. The man himself is larger than life. All of you know this. His personality is just out there. He is the extrovert of extroverts, and he has found his place living in this arena, and he has been the arena master for a fairly long time. Part of that success is because he has a very powerful champion who will fight on his behalf that keeps him in power, so if anybody ever tries to challenge him, he has kind of maintained his power that way. For the wheel itself, he has really been a force for good, bringing stability, establishing a lot of trade routes, stepping in when there was a famine that was occurring, and a lot of the crops that were not being made to to feed people, but for luxuries, things like that, when there was a famine that was causing problems there, he went out and found somebody who lived in another precinct, challenged that precinct to a fight, and brought them back to help figure it out and you guys have and you've really turned it around and the wheel is really now kind of a huge trade hub all as a result of the things that driscoll has done and he has spent an enormous amount of money on accoutrement and fine detailing on this place and as you guys walk up to it right out in front of it sitting on the ground surrounded by a whole bunch of bottles is an orc wearing a pair of manacles that appear to be being used as a belt so his hands are literally chained to his side as he is sitting on the ground surrounded by these bottles and this is a very familiar sight to everybody this man's name is zonk and he is known to be the town drunk but he is also known to be an extremely skilled fighter in these arenas, generally known to be found he- out here in front of the arena. And as you guys are kind of walking up, you see him surrounded by all of his bottles, and he goes, All hail to young Crete! And his... You have a lot of friends now, Crete. Hey, Zonk. What brings Good. you here? Um... The usual business. Just trying to stand up for something. Again. Uh, yeah, yeah. Always like that, you Goliath. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, rowdy customers helping out a, you know, poor barmaid in need. Noble oh. stuff. Oh. Huh? What'd you say? Oh, no, I said rowdy customers. That's why we're down here. Uh, helping oh. out at a bar. Oh, um, no. Who is, who is rowdy at my bar? He seems very concerned that someone was rowdy in one of the bars. Oh, just, you know, a couple of uh, mixed ink thugs. You know how it is. Ugh. Feel like they own the place. Just ocean on in. Ugh. It's that stupid pebble again, isn't it? Uh, the little one? Yes. He was the uh, source of most of the problem. Mm. When you see him, Say chicken three times. Why? Just do it. It'll be funny. Zonk, you ever go up against any of his boys? Oh, yeah. He reaches down, and you see him kind of touch his bicep, and there's this big scar on his bicep. And now, all of you are very familiar with how healing magic works in this world, and when you are healed magically, 
there is no scarring, which means that for this man to have scars means he just let it heal naturally. He did not use any healing magic to do so. And he is his arms and and his the visible parts of his chest that you can see through the tattered shirt that he's wearing and the bits of his leg that are sticking out through the short pants that he's wearing all are just scarred to heck all across his face he's got little nicks and marks and he's just looking down and he touches one in particular and goes yeah he's got a few boys Balak Mordron problems it looks like they're going to be fighting um, one of them that is armored up and one of them that doesn't wear any armor. If uh, you could maybe give us any information about those two. Wait, did uh, you say you fought Balak Marjorie? I fought his champion. Hmm. How'd that go? <laughs> Undefeated. Oh. He, just, he just holds, like, goes to hold his hands up, like, to shrug, but, like, they're it hits the end of the manacles and like it stops there. So his hands are by his waist while he does it. Hmm. Impressive. Uh, do you mention it though? But Arnie, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Paladin and a monk. Thick as thieves. Those two live together, work together. Stock boys. Uh, which one is more dangerous? Eh, it depends on who you are. Well, if, say if you're more... uh, Crete and Fio. Yeah, wizard and uh, Crete. Mm, you see that he starts eyeing Crete. And he looks at Fio. And then he keeps looking at Fio. And then he stands up and he moves over towards you, Fio. Are you wearing up like a backpack? How are you transporting your goods? She has uh, a little satchel. All right. He like reaches his hand and it's manacled over towards your satchel to try and like flip it open. What do you do? You try and like pull away. Yeah. She's like, hey, smacks his hands. Got any booze? Nope. Uh, I mean, you do all right. What I would tell you is, if you use magic, beware of the bugbear. He uh, likes rabbit people. The other one. Wait, did you say rabbit people? Rabbit, rabbit, grabbing people with his hands. I'm sorry, it's the slurring. The other one's just thick, like rock. Okay. They are deceptively long-armed, both of them. Deceptively long-armed? Yeah, like having long arms, but, you know, deceptively. It means you gotta get in close fast. He walks away to about 15 feet from where you guys are, and he turns around and he goes, I think this is where he grabbed me from. Alright, so stay outside of 15 feet. He's the monk? Yes, the bugbear is the monk. What do you think? Which one should I try and, like, incapacitate first? Anything, we should probably take out the monk first. Though the paladin is gonna hit pretty hard and pretty fast. Hmm. Okay, well, which one do you think, like, 
skills wise like which one seems the most knowledgeable uh, do your spells kind of rely on them dodging or are they kind of like you know you gotta aim them up and hit at the target well yeah I mean they can like I mean the spells cannot take so yeah, there's a chance that. Well, I'm just thinking anything that they can dodge, and... anything they can dodge. I think uh, best not to use against the monk. He's probably gonna be a little lighter on his feet, but then again, he is a bugbear. Crawl. You notice that from next to you, uh, trying to be sneaky and failing spectacularly because he trips over his own feet and then kind of falls to a knee and then stands back up next to you. Uh, it appears that Zonk was trying to now try and open your messenger pack. He is he is on a hunt for booze. No booze here, friend. I just opened the bag so we can see the books inside. Oh, man. No one brings me good stuff anymore. Sorry, Zonk. I wasn't planning on being here tonight. Yeah. A lot of... Tell you what. Since you uh, gave us some tips... Swing by the flag in a day or two, and um, I'll uh, I'll put up a few gold for your tab. <laughs> Good boy. Your uncle would be proud of how well you take care of his best friend. Hey, uh, how's your how's your mom been? She's uh, she's not too happy right now. Makes sense. Have a good one. Thanks, so you guys make your way in, and as you are walking in, uh, walking into this particular arena, uh, those of you who have been, been to different precincts know that each precinct is free to be built. However, the arena master and the ruling body that, that, that resides in that precinct has decided. So some of them are very tame, some of them are large and grandiose. This one is large and grandiose. It is almost like a a Vegas-style casino in the original area where you walk in. And kind of anywhere where there's under the seats, there are places where you can place bets on just about anything. There are places where you can go to initiate challenges against people who live in the Wormling building um, to try and earn fame for yourself. There are places that you can go to to buy food. There are places you can go to buy merchandise. You see that there appear to be a lot of people who work here wandering around in clothing that isn't necessarily exactly the same, so you wouldn't call it a uniform, but you know that everybody who seems to be walking around here is wearing green and gold clothing. And generally, if you were coming here and you didn't want to be mistaken for working here, you would know not to wear green and gold clothing when you came here. And as you guys are kind of walking into the initial area, there is a large staircase that can take you up to the second floor or down into what is referred to as the fighting area, And the fighting area is where anything that is needed for battle is kept. There are tons of things down here. There are, like, battlements and different kinds of ramparts and all kinds of weapons and armor. 
generally anything that you could think of, if somebody could could think of requesting for it to be included in the battle, is all stored kind of down and underneath where the arena is. The arena itself is a large area that can be molded and transformed depending on what the need is for the battle. So if you guys wanted to have a battle, but you wanted it to be in a swamp, then you would be able to do that, and they would be able to actually change the land in there so that it is swampy, so that when people are moving around it's more difficult, or you're able to use more water, or use mist, something like that. If you wanted it to be a fight where two people are standing up on top of very large pillars, and the purpose is to knock one another off, they could easily change this arena to be able to do, to do that. And depending on the size of the fight, what's needed, they'll turn the additional area in the arena to extra seating so that people can come and fill out the area. And you'll see all kinds of people who are here to either watch the fights just for watching them because either they're involved some way tangentially or if there is some other reason for them to be there, like if they're placing a bet on something or they aren't necessarily directly involved in the challenge, but they may be affected, like somebody arguing over a trade route, for example, may want to see what the results of the battle is going to be so they know who's going to be bringing them their goods in the future. But this place is always usually about 50 to 75% of the way packed. There's always activity and life going on in here. If there is a particularly large battle or a well-known person fighting, this place will not only fill up, but it will become standing room only. And what they will do is they will actually cast to the various bars around town using uh, divination spells so that people can actually watch from a distance for those fights. Um, As you guys are coming in, though, you can see that kind of up the ways, you catch just a small glimpse of a tiny red hat moving kind of across the way, up the stairs, moving over towards like where the fighters would wait for their turn to be able to battle. And, and as you guys are looking up there, you see that Bart and Arnie are following along behind Pebble. Uh, Crete would go to check in. Okay, so you make your way up the stairs, and you see that there is a fighter check-in little area. The person who is currently sitting at the the table is a very recognizable person. It is actually the uh, Arena Masters champion, Bev. Uh, she has a very nice green and gold dress on, and she has like kind of a... a big oversized floppy hat that she's wearing indoors um, and just behind her standing up on like an armor stand is the suit of armor that she is known to wear when she is battling and the the very large great sword is also sitting there next to her and as you guys walk up to see that people other people are also there signing in for various matches that are going on um, you see that she also has a stack of little pictures of herself standing next to Driscoll that occasionally like tourists and stuff like that are coming up and she's like leaning over and signing them real quick and handing them over and then going back to checking in whoever she needs to check in you estimate it'll probably be about five minutes of wait time as she's checking people in before you're going to get here so if anybody wanted to wander off and try and figure out anything else before you guys get checked in now would be the time great just like looks at everybody and says if you all need to run anything or do anything i'll be here i'll check us in just remember when the fight starts, like or right before, down that potion. It should help give you a little bit of an edge. And since these are mix it boys, you could bet they're gonna be pumping themselves full of who knows what. Thanks, Trill. Crawl's gonna go like to an exit and stand at the exit to where he can see 
do we see, we see the other two fighters you said right next to red hat man yeah you saw them walking kind of to the left from the top of the stairs and where you guys went when you got to the top of the stairs was more towards the right to, to, to get to the check-in okay so there's I'm like gonna... a, a waiting room for for fighters over on the the left hand side as you come up the stairs where they can watch over current fights that are going on and stuff like that okay i'm gonna just kind of hang out near an exit at this point all right, everybody in the party. Uh, roll me a perception. Thirteen for crawl. Seven. Trill and file. Eleven. I got twenty. Okay. All right. I see With, all. So this is a was a twelve. So crawl and file. The two of you pick up on this as you hear a loud brash, brusque voice coming from kind of up on a third level of the arena, kind of across the hall. Ah! God bless it! Who the... Owls! Owls attacked my eye! Crawl runs, <laughs> like, crawl calmly but swiftly walks out the exit and, like, into buildings somewhere. He just doesn't want anyone to see the owl, like, flying directly to him. All right, I would like you to roll me a... Are you trying to do this stealthily? So I'm going to have you roll me a stealth check to see to make sure that nobody notices you as you quickly abscond. 17. Okay. Yeah, nobody nobody seems to clock you as you make a hasty exit after hearing this. Uh, Fio, as somebody who has been kind of moving and shaking in the right circles, trying to kind of find your way in there... You immediately recognize this voice as Driscoll Fivar. Uh-oh. You don't you have no idea that he was told to be attacked or anything like that. You just know that you heard Driscoll Fivar yell out that an owl was attacking his eyes. You can do anything? Nope. Alright. Roll me a perception real quick. Alright. Uh, oh darn. <laughs> So that's a natural one. Uh, so you do not notice crawl slip away. Uh, you did catch you were your your attention was diverted, and you were like looking in the direction where this voice was screeching about a bird attacking them in the eyes. And when you look back, you just you see trill. You have no idea where crawl went. What the? Hmm. I'm gonna like lean over to to Crete and kind of whisper to him. Why do you think Crawl was doing that? He just attacked Riskel. Now he's gone. Who knows? I don't ask too much. All right. Uh, for those of you who are still in the arena area, uh, moments after you hear this screech, you see, you hear a, a, a squawk for just a second as a sword and a bird come flying over the edge from the third floor and crashing down into the seats below and kind of goes tumbling for a moment. Is the bird alive? <laughs> it is very skewered. Uh, uh, how oh. is that? Did someone just throw a sword? Yeah, it looks like it has a bird on it! Random guy standing in line. What's up? God. Man, the food at this place has really gone downhill. 
I don't think they sell birds on swords for food here. I thought it was like a novelty thing, you know, like a skewer. Saw this one place where they would serve like shots on the sword. So someone else had a pig on a sword. Although I think that was actually them killing the pig. Crawl, how long do you plan on waiting for the owl to return to you before you decide to bail out? <laughs> Forever. <laughs> uh, like five, ten minutes. Okay. So you're going to be gone throughout the rest of the, the sign-in period. Fio and Trill, you're still there. Crete's going to be waiting in line. You guys going to do anything else? Nothing for me. Okay. Trill? No, he's just going to kind of, he's kind of stuck in his own head. Okay. Uh, as you guys are standing there and waiting in line, you see that there is a younger lizard folk person who approaches you guys and appears to be holding a pad. And as they're walking by, any bets? Any bets? Trill Barbely fights Mix and Ink tonight. Any bets? Well, I'm not fighting anyone. Why is the headline as Trill Barbely? He looks to you. Oh, oh, is it? It's not. We have it down that you're challenged and Crete and someone named Red-Haired Fire Lady will be fighting on your behalf. Well, that's all accurate. Oh, on my behalf. Well, I mean, they weren't really. Uh, I guess they were. Yeah, I mean, I uh, suppose that's right. Are they not your champions? Will you be fighting this battle? Uh, no, 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 I'm not. Um, So, yes? Ah, would you like to place a bet? Ah, uh, no, I don't like gambling. Too bad! He left his money in his other pants. I have money! Uh, I just don't like gambling. Any I like bets. gambling. Yeah, right here. Can I bet on myself? Of course! You just cannot bet against yourself. House rules. Why would I do that? Ah, we had a problem with a former champion. Oh. Put me down for ten gold. Marks it down. Your name? Uh, Fire Lady with the fire hair? I don't know. Fire. That's a very strange name you must have lost to somebody in an arena battle sometime. Hey, that's what you called me. What? I assumed you had a name. This didn't yeah. appear to be right. Okay, it's fire. Scratches it out. Fi F R L. How, how do you spell that? F H. No, that's an H. A I. A little apostrophe there. O. Oh, okay. Uh, last name. Salter. Oh! Oh! Salter! Oh! Do you... You must know Biondak. Yes. Oh, such a generous spender. He tipped 5,000 gold last night after a win. Yeah. He'll do that. Wait. She has money? Your family has money? Uh, yeah. You see that after he marks it, the the lizard folk seems to mark everything down. He looks to you and says, "And you know where to collect if you win, or to pay if you lose." Yep. Good. Good. It's not my first time in the arena. 
He wanders away and starts asking for more bets. And Trill, you can hear as he as he's walked away that he has now added in that uh, if anybody would like to place bets, there's now an additional uh, five to one on the odds that your team is going to lose because uh, you seem uh, somewhat reticent to bet on yourself. Uh, that could actually work in our favor. Yeah, uh, well, I got more money. Yeah. Uh. Uh, as this person is walking away, both of you roll me wisdom, please. Just wisdom, wisdom. checks. All right, what'd you guys get? A nine. <laughs> you say it like that. I got a seven, and I've got a plus three in my wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking about all the money and not really yeah. thinking much yeah. else. <laughs> you guys are very, very much in your heads about the current bet and, and that information, and you're not really thinking about anything else as this person walks away. Uh, I'm trying to do the math with 10 gold 5 to 1. <laughs> when, he, when he's gone... Oh no, it's an additional 5 to 1, is what he said. Uh-huh. So you, you don't know what the original odds were, but there's an additional 5 to 1 now. Um, but as he's wandered away, and as Crete walks up to Bev, and it's it's his turn to check in, both of you think to yourselves, we probably could have asked that person questions about our opponents. Yeah. But you guys get up to the front, and you see that <laughs> sitting in front of you is the current uh, arena champion of the wheel, Bev. And uh, her full name is significantly longer. Uh, her real name is Bevanarium F. Florinius Verifodinium, which everybody just shortens to Bev. You see that she has blue eyes that seem almost unearthly, that glow in her sockets. Beyond that, she looks relatively like she's a human, a little bit pallor in color. You can see that there are quite a few of her pictures that are are sitting there next to her, and the arena uh, sheet is in front of her. There's one that that is for signups, and there is one for uh, respondents. And so as you walk up, she she looks up and goes, "Hi, are you guys here as like because you're doing a fight or because like you were challenged to a fight?" We're here for a fight. Okay, mm-hmm. and like, oh wait, Crete. Hey, I've seen you around before. Uh, you have a fight tonight against uh, Pebble. Yeah. Okay. I can I can get you guys signed in here. It says here non lethal match. Uh, the odds are to be. They will tell you a story, or if they if you win, and if you lose, Trill Barbely has to drink out of a bowl in front of everyone. That's weird. Like that's weird, right? Yeah. Hmm. That might even be fun to lose just to watch that. <laughs> like, does it specify where I have to drink the bowl? Yeah, yeah like in the in arena. The, in the arena in front of everyone after the match. Didn't you hear the nice lady? Uh, yeah. God, I hope my mother doesn't come to this. So, like, You won't gain anything if you don't risk anything. Yeah! Mm-hmm. Like, you, don't, you don't lose anything either. 
sometimes you instead of risking things, maybe you should just get a cat. What? Get a cat. Uh, are the are the um uh cat? are the portraits going for like a specific price? Does she have like a sign out? Oh, do you want one? Yeah, he's like looking around. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, no, don't worry about it. You're you know what? I'm as much of a fan of people like you as you are of, of me, man. Like you are the people coming up now. And you like you're gonna replace us and you're gonna be awesome. So like don't even worry about it, man. Like I I got it. She pulls it over and she starts signing it. And like, you thought that she was just signing it, but now you realize that she's writing like a full letter and note to you that's starting like, Dear Crete, this is Bev. I am happy to write to you. This is a wonderful time that we got to meet on this day in the arena when you were supposed to be coming here for a fight. And after she has filled up like the entire picture, she hands it over to you. Here you go, man. Thank you. This uh, this makes everything worth it tonight. And he'll pack the portrait away. Yeah, you should ask her out. Uh, do I need to sign anything? Ah, you know, you guys have to sign in here that you acknowledge and that you accept. Uh, we need signatures from both fighters and the uh, champion. Uh, is is there a trill bar trill bar here? Yeah, I'm right here. Oh, hey, you're... Wow, you mm. smell good. Thanks. Yeah, I know. Brownies, right? Yeah, I'm kind of hungry. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I don't even smell it anymore. Do um, you have any brownies? Or like, is that just like a thing? It's a... Uh, I guess called a medical condition. Oh, that's unfortunate, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do I sign? What do I sign? Where? Oh, uh, Here? she 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 kind of spins it around, and there there is a sign-in thing, and it's got all of the information about the fight written above it. That it that it was non-lethal. What the terms are, who the combatants will be, that the fight will be happening um in the next hour. Um, and down at the very bottom of it, the thing that you see is that the fight will be taking place in a small uh, enclosed arena that has a small raised dais in the middle of it, um, but that there will be no weird things going on with the terrain. It'll just be a, a, a plain arena pit fight, essentially. Oh, is this uh, how large is this arena? Uh, the the actual arena itself is large enough for there to be a much larger battle. In no, this. no. I mean, uh, how long is the pit fight? How large? Yeah, is the pit fight? Uh, you would guess that it is about one second as I count here. You would guess that they've that, that the arena the pit that they have asked for is a hundred feet across and two hundred and fifty feet long. Okay, that that I think the, that could work. The dais is going to be in the center of it, and it is going to be approximately 40 feet by 40 feet. The dais is where the fighting is? Nope. The dais is oh. just a, a raised dais in the middle as like okay. a, a platform to be fought on. Um, and there is going to be two entry points uh, at either end for the two fighters. All right. As long as uh, just have to make sure it's big enough, because, you know, I know both these uh, guys are close in fighters, and, you know, I'm sure they would want to get 
as small of an arena as possible. Uh, but 100 feet's doable. 100 feet's good. Oh, you mean Bart and Arnie, man? Yeah. Oh, dude. Right, what no. do you know about them? Oh, they are fighters, dude. They're here all the time. That little pebble man, he's got a big mouth. Gets him into a lot of trouble, but those boys get him out of it. Mm. Uh, I mean, they've lost before, though, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, oh. they're they're good fighters, but, like, you put them up against somebody like, I don't know, an Arathic, they're going to get rolled, buddy. Yeah. I mean, uh, you 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 would know that uh, Arathic has been the highest ranked wormling that like the 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 fighters for money for like the past ten years straight. Um, you know when they lose, I mean, is there like anything that they always fall for? Like, do they they just always seem to be, you know, one of them favor their left side or they're not very quick on their feet? I mean, do they hold hands the whole time. You know, I only fought him the one time, and I don't know if, like, you know, and she looks back at her armor, and she taps it. She goes, but I wear this baby when I'm in there, and, like, that visor comes down, and I can only see out of, like, a little bit, so, like, I couldn't really see what they were doing, but, like, I swung my mighty sword, man, and, like, the whole arena got, like, super cold, but then they fell over, and, like, I must have sword slashed them, and then they lost. All of you that are are sitting here are are aware that Bev is a wizard or a sorcerer of some point of some of some kind. You have seen her fight. Yes, she does wear this very large armor and wields the sword, but when she swings it, spells seem to cast out of the end of the sword towards her enemies. It doesn't appear that she is aware of what she is doing though. It's just closing her eyes and swinging this big weapon and somehow it seems to work for her and doing that she has raised her way up to become driscoll fivar's right hand woman essentially helping in making all of his decisions working at his side to, to fight anyone who seeks to challenge him and completely oblivious to how she actually fights so like you know when you get out there i will tell you they really, like, love each other. So, like, if one of them got hurt, the other one might try and go and defend him. Like, but, like, I, Crete, you're a big, strong guy. Like, you probably do your thing. And you, Fire Lady, like, I don't know what you do, but you seem like you got your stuff together. I mean, look at your clothes. They're, like, super nice. Why, thank you. And then she looks at Trail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're all right. Um, okay, signed. Uh, did anything else for me? And uh, blood. Miss Sultana, mm. I need your signature, please. Of course. Excuse me. If I scribbles her name. You notice that where you told that guy to rewrite your name on his pad before, the exact same handwriting is where your name is on this contract. So you're guessing that just a few minutes prior, this said red-haired fire lady. <laughs> but now it has your full name on it I'm so cool signing ahead, that as well <laughs> you go ahead and you, you sign your name and then she moves it over towards you Crete okay. Crete pulls the pen or the quill and will give his uh, signature there and then kind of hand it back over and 
Look at Bev say, well, Bev, it's been a pleasure. Thanks a lot. Hey, man, you know, it was great to see you. If I'm off shift when your fight happens, man, would it be cool if I watched? Of course. Oh, that'd be that'd be cool, man. Um, It'd be an honor. So, like, our, well, like, you have a buddy there. Wait, where did he go? You had a dude in line with you, right? Crawl, right around this time is when you are coming back up the stairs. Oh, yeah, that guy. Uh, like, is he with you? Is, is, is Trill with you? Like, are they going to be supporters for you guys? Uh, you mean like our cornermen? Yeah, like, like working in the corner and like working the crowd to try and get you extra items or like helpful things during your match. Uh, wait, we can do that? up to them. You, Trill, you know 100% that this is a thing that can happen. There will be people that are essentially like riling the crowd to get them to toss items that they've purchased in the bazaar to the fighters here. And then the fighters will get to use the items. And then afterwards, Driscoll and the the arena will collect them and take them downstairs. Gotcha. All sorts of things can be thrown in, you know, scrolls, weapons, potions, um, occasionally there can be things that are thrown in that aren't necessarily weapons, like a rock, if somebody is is particularly making the crowd angry, things like that. And while you guys are actually battling in the arena, those of you who are battling, the folks who are not in the arena are actually going to be doing some separate roles to help you guys out in, in your combat. If we do convince people to throw things, like, is there any guarantee that it goes to our people, or can anyone pick it up? You, you could guarantee that it would be thrown toward your people, but there is no guarantee that it is going to be your people who pick it up. So, like, if you guys are going to be supporters, like, I want to make sure I give everybody the same, like, privileges to go into the waiting room and stuff. Like, I don't want people being stuck outside if, like, they're with you, you know what I mean? Understandable. Uh, with us? Crawl, chill, are you... Right. Really? Yep. Yes. Oh, definitely. All right, sweet. So, like, okay, here are some cards. And you see that she pulls out what looks to be a pack of um, playing cards, like for three Dragon Ante or, or any other card game. Um, and as she pulls them out and she deals them down onto the table, you see that the, the images on the front of them change. And it changes to have today's date, a picture of Driscoll's face, and then your name uh, at the very bottom of it, written in some very intricate lettering. For each of you, whatever your initial or primary language with that you were born with, besides common, is what it is actually written down here in. Uh, Carl, your name just appears to be written here in common. After she has done setting them down in front of you guys, she goes, okay, so like, each of you take your card, have it on you, those of you who are fighters, when you go down, you'll have to give it to the men. He'll let you into the arena. They'll check you out with the medics beforehand to make sure like you're all healed up because we wouldn't want you going into a fight like injured or something like that. So like we'll make sure you're all patched up and healed and have had like a long rest kind of thing before you go in there. But like, you know, don't worry about it. Chill, relax for a little bit beforehand. It'll all be cool, man. She motions for you guys towards the direction you saw Pebble and his little cronies go walking earlier. Alright. Um, let's do it, team. Heading that way. Nice meeting you, Bob. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, 
it was good meeting you guys. Like, I, I'm going to try and swing by and watch the fight later. And, like, if I'm in a fight, please, like, feel free. Stop by. I always like to talk to people. This is a wonderful place, and I hope you have a good time, okay? Thanks. Does anybody else want a picture before you go? Like, Oh, sure. She pulls them out, and she, she signs, again, extremely long and formal notes to each of you, <laughs> like, detailing your experience with her, and very blunt thoughts on each of you. Um, Crawl on yours, it talks about how you're kind of weird because you kind of vanished from your friends, but she thinks you're a very nice guy, and she can't wait to talk to you again. Fio, she's like, sometime you'll have to tell me who does your hair. I'm very interested in getting my hair done. I've never done that before. Trill, for yours, it's a little note about how when she was a girl, her father used to take her to your dad's shop and how that is one of the favorite memories that she has. And just, Trill just kind of folds it and stuffs it in his bag. <sighs> she goes to greeting the, the person who's waiting in line behind you guys. So as you guys kind of shuffle your way out of the way of the line, you're kind of more in the, the center at the top of the staircase right now. You see probably about a hundred feet from where you're standing right now is the doors that enter into the fighters waiting area. That's a nice sized like VIP section that overlooks the, the arena. So you can see what's currently going on in there. There are a bunch of food and drinks that you can see through the open door that are in there, kind of buffet style laid out. You can see that there are several fighters that are awaiting matches or that there are supporters that are in there that are currently cheering for matches that are going on. You guys hear the buzz happening all around you. What would you guys like to do now? Do we know how the supporter role usually goes? Like, can it start now? Does it have to wait until the fight starts? You know that you could start now, but it is more difficult to try and get people to donate things to something unless they care for it. And it is very easy to make them care for a fight that is currently going on in front of them, or if it is for somebody that they know. Because you can get people who will agree to go to the arena and watch a fight and and bring something to help you know if they have stake or something like that in the fight if they don't then it's it's generally best to try and get people who are currently there in the crowd riled up to do this but you definitely could start laying that groundwork now if you wanted okay come in yes you guys know how this works right Yep. Your job here. Mm. You uh, have to mm. tell yep. a story. Is, was it always okay. this hot in the Coliseum? It feels like it's a lot harder than it usually is. Okay, focus. Yeah. You gotta sell the story so people give us stuff, okay? Mm. Make on. up whatever. They just want a compelling story. Does anyone have a drink or a pie or something? Don't worry, don't worry. We got this trail. Okay. It's, it's very it's very easy. We we can tell the story of how Crete a young up-and-coming fighter that is loved by many was tormented because of the loss of his sisters as this red hat man was evil and made fun of the loss of his no. sisters. No, 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 no. Okay. Okay. This is... We. Can, you're right. We can do this. We can do this. Hold on. Trill kind of slaps himself a couple times. All right. All right. 
a, tragedy. A, wait, a waiter with martinis walks behind you, Trill. I grab a martini and just drink it. Don't even look at his face, just down it. He just keeps walking. Okay, here it is. Tragedy has struck the Goliaths. We have our fighter, Crete, who has just recently, his two sisters, his two dear sisters that he loves more than anything in the world, have disappeared, vanished, perhaps even lost. We don't know. But there is someone who does know. This man, on the opposite side of the arena. And he refuses to tell us where, he, where they went, what he saw, what he knows. In fact, not only does he refuse to tell us, but he laughed in his face when we asked. He laughed in his face. Poured out the beer right all over the floor. It was everywhere. Just absolute horrible, crappy individual. And we are challenging here in this fight to find his family. Yes. How, how yeah. long do we have till the, till the match? Right now, from when you signed in, you saw that your match is supposed to take place in about 30 minutes, but what it actually says is after the next two matches complete. So you know that that is probably about 15 minutes before between fighting and cleanup and changing the arena before the next one is ready, so probably about half an hour. Okay, that's plenty of time. Create just gets up from the table and walks away and heads over to the buffet and starts making a sandwich. As you start to, to stand up and walk away, your feet kick a small little pile of copper and silver pieces that have kind of been piled up right behind Trill as he was telling the story. And you see that there's a bunch of like tourists that are standing around like this is like entertainment. And so like they thought they needed to tip the guy. But they're all just standing around excitedly waiting for the rest of the story. Yeah. Betrayal. Tragedy. And a rude upstart of a... What the hell is he? A gnome? Was he? Yes, Pebble, Pebble? is a gnome. Yes. Okay. A con this, man this, from Mixit. Yes, a con man from Mixit, Inc. Rubbing his success and, you know, after trying to force an intoxicating drink down the throat of this poor innocent child that was sitting there, we were asked by the bartender themselves, can we please do something about this man? He's harassing the customers, he's trying to get children intoxicated, this won't stand. And then, we find out that not only has he been doing that, but he knows what happened to Crete's sisters, the one we've been spent all night looking for, as if by fate had brought us there to that bar to confront this man, and he laughed in his face, and he refused to tell him anything. And now, we have to fight, not for me, not for the bar, we have to fight for his honor, for his family, for his sisters, and for the dignity of everyone that was there that night. All right, roll me a persuasion. We're going to see how how moved these tourists are. You know, 19. Nice. You can see each word has them gripped waiting for the next one. They are enraptured. They're a little drunk right now. So this is amazing to them they had been coming here to watch arena fights but now there's this tail in front of them that they need to see what is going on it is he's feeling it roll me 2d4 
Yep. Uh, five. Five? All right. Uh, they throw out two. more money on the ground in front of you as if you were, you know, an entertainer or something like that. And all in total, like after you gather the money up later, there's five silver there. Yay. You see that these people are like super excited about this. They start talking back and forth in, let's see, what are these people? These are, these are half orcs and they are talking back and forth in orcish very excitedly to one another and like pointing at you guys and then like pointing at the arena and then like after uh, I, a little I bit. I speak orcish. Okay, so you hear them just talking excitedly to one another. Oh man, do you, do you see the how how impassioned that little guy is? And oh man, there's a tale of of woe. And well, that's just better than going down and seeing a fight, isn't it? Like maybe we should go bet on this. Like what's going on? Crawl, crawl's gonna move over there quickly and like put an arm around each of the other orcs. These orcs are half orcs. Half orcs. Okay, so I I am also half orc. So I'm going to go over there and like put my arms around them, and I'm going to say, and not only that, speaking in Orca, but you can become part of that tale. You can help Crete regain his honor. You can help Crete save his siblings. And all you have to do is be ready to help him, assist him when the fight begins. Grab a potion, buy it from the vendor, toss it out to him in the middle of the field. You could help him find his sisters and reclaim his honor. <laughs> Roll me a persuasion. They because Trill already prepped them with his big speech. I'm going to let you roll this with it. I rolled a net twenty, which is sub twenty-seven. Okay, you see, not not in all of them, but in in the the two guys that you have wrapped your arms around, they are enraptured by you, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we can just throw things down there, can't we? Oh man, this is going to be." Oh, where's the nearest shop? Oh man, is anything even open at this time? We have to go, man. Like we have to, we're gonna be back. When is the fight, man? Do I know when the fight is? Thirty minutes. Thirty minutes. All right, we're gonna we're gonna be back. We're gonna be we're gonna go find the closest mix it shop. We're gonna buy all the stuff we can, man. Perfect. <laughs> you see that the two of them go rushing off. The the, the girls that were standing there with them are like, "What are where are they?" Come back here! And they rush after them. Uh, Crete returns with... Uh, uh, so for all of you, it's probably like an obscenely massive sandwich. Um, and his, in his hands, it just looks like a, you know, just like a normal kind of like light lunch. And he's like taking a bite of it. He's like to, taking uh, a loaf of bread and just cut it in half horizontally and use that as a sandwich. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, right. <laughs> you know that the food that is available in this buffet is some of the best food in town that you can get for free. But but it is really good. It is really tasty and there is always plenty of it. He yeah, I mean and he's just like basically he's like he just needs a little bit of sustenance just to settle his stomach and get himself ready for the match. But not like so much it's going to weigh him down. So it's just, you know, just a light nosh kind of thing. So it's basically like a a, a foot and a half long sandwich. <laughs> so, and yeah, he just like kind of comes back and like starts eating it. <clears throat> you, um, 
you're all getting really into this, you know. Well, we need to get into it. You know, Crete, this is, it's better if it's like about you. I mean, you're actually kind of in the middle of something important. So, you know, I figured if we were going to drum up and get people excited, um, it makes hey. more sense for your struggle than like, hey. you know, what? You know, this is important for you too. Well, yeah, I don't want to drink beer from a bowl in the middle of the arena. I mean, sure. But if you really want to learn how to stand up to these people, you need to be willing to take these risks and go through this stuff. I'm here for you. That's what we're doing right now. You've been talking about it for the last day and a half. Well, yeah. So we're here now. Yeah. Well, it's different talking about it and then actually doing it. Isn't it? Yeah. Like it is. Objectively. So, now we're here. Uh, he takes a big bite of the sandwich. Oh, okay, I'm going to get something to See, eat, too. Oh, how are you still talking through? I mean, like, you went through one spiel. Hmm? You got you to gotta play the crowd, man. Like, that was a really nice, long story. Not everyone has that kind of attention span when a fight's going on. So you got to give them little nuggets. And you gotta keep the narrative fresh, okay? You with me? Y- yeah, nuggets. Yeah, fresh. yes, fresh nuggets. nuggets, fresh. Yes. Okay. So give it a little bit about Crete. Hey, you can help bring his sisters home, right? Hey, you can help shame this con man of a mixed whatever. Hey, you right? know the dragon's flagging? These guys were disrespecting it. Exactly. Exactly. See, and then just throwing a little bit at me. And his friends came to his, like, like yeah, side, his hot, yep. sexy, like, Look at wizard that. friend. Yes, fire wizard person. You can chip in, help her buy better clothes. Uh, <laughs> dude, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding, helping I'm you kidding. here. I'm kidding, oh, I'm kidding. Pretty, I'm going to loosen you from that ball. It's like he's finished his sandwich and he's starting to, like, push, stretch, you know, like, kind of, like, doing sort of, like, some... Side, side stretches here and there and I'm like it's like you should uh, he talks to Fire like points at her for a second says you should really um, you start to limber up you know you you don't want to cramp up in the middle of one of these oh well you know I have done fights before hey really yeah see, there's a guy that's walking by that's talking to his friend anyone who says they've done fights before has clearly never been in a fight <laughs> you want to fight, buddy? I'll take you oh, on after this one. I, I didn't mean anything, but he like turns and he like quickly like does that like run walk away. Great. Uh, we'll say, well if you want, I can help you stretch. I mean, if it's something that's difficult for you. Oh, you can help me. Great. So he what he does is he basically like gets up and then starts like grabbing file by like the wrist and like stretching her arm back in ways like in in like you know sort of like the st- standard sort of like uh you know athletic stretches that you do with like your partners kind of a thing uh but like it, it he has to like use three fingers instead of like his whole hands kind of a th- 
You so, guys are getting the strangest looks from people who are like trying to walk around you as you're standing at the top of the stairway doing all of this. I mean, we're we're just in the waiting area, right? There's other guys no, that are waiting you guys, to fight. You guys have not made your way to the waiting area. You were still at the top of the stairs. You walked to the waiting area to go get your sandwich and came back. I mean, it's like the place where people prep for a fight, right? Oh, totally. Like, you are within your rights to do it here, but people are walking around and looking at you weirdly. Like, right. none, of, none of the fighters, but, like, normal normies who are here and wandering around. Oh, yeah, they're all looking at you funny. The, yeah. the waitresses and waiters around. that see you that work here, they, they're just, like, walking around you like, oh, okay, just, just keep focused, just keep You know, maybe it's a good thing to do the stretches here. You know, make people, you know, remember you. So once you're out there in the arena, they're like, oh, okay. hey, I know those people. That's Fio and Crete. Uh, everybody fun. roll me a perception. Other nine. I also got a nine. I got a six. I stole your three points and added them to mine. So we all didn't get nines. I can totally count. You can't count because that would be 12. (laughs) You got a 13. Okay. None of you notice before he is standing literally next to all. Oh, Creed, my boy. I didn't know you were fighting tonight. And you see Driscoll Favara is standing there and his face is all scratched up. And over one of his eyes, he's wearing an eye patch right now. The rest of his clothing is immaculate. You would look at this man and you'd be like, clearly Jack Sparrow is your designer. He is head to toe in very much pirate-esque gear, even though there is clearly no water anywhere nearby. On his waistband sits a rapier. On the opposite side sits what looks very strange and kind of like a hunk of metal. But those of you who have any kind of knowledge or, or anything like that would know that this thing is is sometimes called a flintlock pistol. And it's, it acts very similarly to like a hand crossbow or something along those lines. You see that he is wearing overall just very nicely, finely, well-embroidered clothing. Fio, from looking at this clothing, you are pretty sure that just the shirt that he is wearing could afford your family home. As you guys are uh, approached by this guy, he is about four and a half feet tall, red bearded hair. He's got a brown, brownish and reddish beard that is very long. The two of them actually end up getting braided together as his hair is, is just so long. He stands very short and stout and kind of hanging from the corner of his mouth is a cigar. And it's burnt about halfway down, and the ash that's on the end of it looks like at any second it is going to be falling down. And as he's walking up, he's just got his arms out open wide, and he's looking at you with his arms expectantly. Uh, Crete will turn and give him a really big hug. Uh, (laughs) He has to, like, do that whole thing where, like, he bends down. And like gives him the big hug, and then he'll just stand up again because like yep. he's it's really uncomfortable to bend down like that. It just sucks. So he's just like, uh, kind of thing. Like one once he's like holding Driscoll, 
his like his smile just kind of like fades a little bit as he's like looking off to the side kind of like why does he like this and then he'll put him down and when he when he hugs back into you it is not like a gentle hug it is like a full bear hug grasping to you Deathlock that he gives you. Oh, 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 so good to see you. Love when you come. What brings you, boy? Uh, kind honor, of me. I guess. Ah, always honor in the arena, forever. That's where it lives. It's where it breathes, or where it dies. Well, uh, you you can sign up extra for that. Yeah, well, I mean, we had a run-in with Pebble, as you might have already heard. He looks up like he's thinking for a second and looks back down. Name's familiar, but no. Really obnoxious gnome with a red-pointed hat? Oh, you know. Nope, every gnome looks like that to me. All right, fair enough. Hey, Drews, how's it going? Oh, yes! Jane, is it? No, not really. That's right, Crystal. Close enough. All right. Hello, Driscoll, sir. Uh, Trill? Uh, um, the Barbelly's son? Barbelly. Barbelly, yes! Long time since I've heard of that name. Your grandson? Nephew? Uh, just son. Oh! Oh! Didn't realize you were still around. Yeah. Um, yeah, Tarkin. He was my dad. Um, he's not around anymore, though. You yes, know, boy, he used to make one heck of a drink. Yeah, so I've heard. He, uh, he was pretty good with the both edible and uh, magical alchemy, I suppose. <laughs> ha, ha, very funny. So, great. Ah, uh, wild thing happened. My face, yeah. look at it. And he lifts up the eye patch, and you see when he lifts it up, his eye dangles out. It falls out of the socket and is just hanging on by the connecting parts. And there is just blood kind of coagulated around the wound right now. And all of these scratch and claw marks that are going around. And like one scratch that goes super close to the other eye. Whoa! And he goes, look at what the damn owls did to me. Driscoll, um, I haven't met you since I became a member of the Ambassador's Guild, but you didn't have that. He reaches down and grabs the eye and looked, moves it up to look at you and then goes, no, I'm just kidding. I know it doesn't work right now. Uh, he turns his head so he can see you. Ah, you're um, Craig. Crawl, pretty close. Crawl, yes, that's what I meant. You, um, uh, you need some help patching that up? I'm headed down to go to see the medics anyway, but like, I, I saw you on the way down the stairs, 
I needed to come talk to you. Listen. It's gonna be okay. What is gonna be okay? Everything. Word travels fast. Is there any reason you can't tell me more than that? It's gonna be okay. Like, you know, everything's good. <laughs> he kind of like looks at you and go ahead and roll an insight. Uh, I will tell you that the, the DC for this insight is going to be 20. Um, shoot. I got a 19. Okay. Uh, you you feel like he is being as honest with you as he can be. And he's telling you what he can. So, um... so listen, I, uh, I hear you fighting. I need to go get my eye healed. He puts kind of puts a finger on it and pushes it back in place and drops the eye patch over it to hold it in place again. But, uh, I'll see you later. <laughs> the eye, right? <laughs> Watch out for owls. You see he walks away and less than two seconds after turning away from you people, he sees somebody else and goes into almost the exact same conversation. Minus the it's going to be okay part. But like talking to them, dropping the eye out, messing with them, and then kind of moving on, t saying that he needs to go get his eye healed. And then like two seconds after that, he does it again. Just stretching? Let's finish up and go to the prep area. Uh, so yeah, we, we'll finish uh, We'll finish getting kind of limbered up, and then um, Crate's going to sort of pack up and head over to the the staging area, I guess. Okay. You guys head over to the staging area, and you can see that there is the large buffet that is laid out. There are several areas where there are things like grindstones, if you want to use them before beforehand for a weapon. You see that there is also different areas where you can go to for various little accoutrements here and there, where it's like... There is a spot where you can like dye clothing if it is needed for the battle that is upcoming. If it, if like the the two sides wanted to have like colored gear so that they can match one another, if it's going to be a larger melee or something like that, you can see that there's another little station where there is kind of like a prayer station so that people can can pray before a battle if they want. That's kind of off and secluded from everything else. And then you can also see that there is a person who is sitting kind of behind a caged wall that right above it, it says final bets. And it, it is a place for people to be able to, to place bets before they go down and, and do the actual fights. While you're in this room, you can see what you couldn't see from outside the door is just inside the door and off to the left, there is what appears to be a large spiral staircase that takes you down two floors. Crete, you have been here before and you've gone down this. Fio, uh, has your character fought in the arena in the wheel before or, or is it somewhere else that she did it she's fought in this one before but only like a couple of times 
Okay, so you would also know that this staircase would then take you down to the prep area, which is the area that you can kind of walk through and see all of the different armor and weapons that are down there that will then take you to wherever your entry point will be into the arena, which varies from time to time. So that's why they need you to be in the basement to be able to get you to the right spot. You can see that the f there were two fights before yours. One of them has ended and is currently being cleaned up. And currently they are prepping the second fight. And you can see that it appears to be a plank that is extended from one side of the arena to the other in about a 60 foot long distance the, the plank only appears to be about a foot or two wide and you can see that on one side an elf with a rapier seems to walk out and from the other side an orc with a great axe seems to walk out the area underneath them that you know should be floor because there is a basement below this place does not appear to be there right now. And you hear over the very loud thaumaturgy that is used by one of the the uh, arena workers, there, this loud booming voice that comes out and kind of spreads over the entire arena, announcing the next combatants in lethal combat, coming to us from our own wheel, Eldron the Wise! You see he points over towards the elf who raises his rapier into the air. And you see, and fighting him is Mervyn! And he points over to the orc who raises the great axe in the air. Lethal combat shall commence. The winner shall be awarded Gregory. You see that he motions, and there's a goat that is being kind of held in like an ape prized area that you would imagine normally is used for VIPs but there is a goat down in this little area Gregory is well known in the parts that he is from for being a goat of extremely high quality milk and the siring rights shall go to the victor death to the loser and you see that each of them kind of comes out and they start fighting with one another uh, as the fight is going on do you guys want to do anything Uh, Creed. Goat. Yeah, Creed's just like l trying to remember if he's had any cheese from Gregory before. Uh, you have never heard of Gregory before, but you do know that getting an animal that has really good, some say high quality, superior quality milks will result in better cheeses. Well, I mean... Here, I thought we were kind of, uh, you know, roped into a petty fight, but I guess it could be worse. I mean, this is pretty serious. It's a goat. What it's could you a... possibly want a goat for? I mean, it's a livelihood. You, you, do, you do know that, like, the primary export of the wheel is cheese, right? Like, the, one yeah. of the largest economic in influencers within our precinct is cheese. Yeah, I have noticed a lot of cheese. I never really thought about it, though. Right, so that goat could probably make or break an entire cheesemonger's, you know, fortune. Mm. Mm, it seems pretty silly, though, to risk your whole life for a goat. 
I'm just saying, because, you know, once you have the GOAT, that means it's yours to lose, right? And then it just takes someone else wanting it. I mean, yeah, sure. Yes. How these things manage. So usually you want to have, you know, the right kind of champion around. I mean, I'm pretty sure those aren't, those two specifically aren't cheesemongers. Oh, they might be. I mean, uh, maybe not Mervin, but if if either of you wants to roll me an investigation to see if you can remember hearing of uh, Eldrin the Wise living in town before. <laughs> I mean, yeah, sure, actually, investigation. Yep, I'm curious about this Eldrin versus Mervin fight. Uh, twenty-one. Oh yeah, you know Eldrin. Okay, so uh, Trill, what you know about Eldrin is he used to be on a council, like a small business council, essentially, with your dad when he ran the the Barbary Alchemy in the past. And this guy had a similar problem where his cheese business went under, but his cheese business went under because he lost in a battle and all of the animals that he had that were production animals went to another farm that's here in the precinct. And since then, Eldrin has been trying to regain what he had before. He is an older guy. He is definitely a cheesemonger. He definitely knows what he's doing, but you kind of feel like if he's doing a death fight to get an animal, he's kind of at the end of his rope. Yeah, actually, I think I know Eldrin. Oh. I mean, he was younger, obviously, when I knew him. But then I guess I was younger, too. Huh. I mean, he's an elf, so... Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I just didn't really pay as much attention back then. Not like I do now. Is he a good guy? Yeah, he was. He, uh... Yeah, he fell in the same trap, you know? He had things, and he lost them all. And judging from the looks of it, I mean, risking your life for a single goat. This guy used to have, like, a lot of them. A lot of cheese. Good cheese, too. I hope hope he has some supporters. The battle is all over, folks! Oh, jeez. Lightning fast! Mervyn has fallen! Wait, what? You guys quickly turn and look. And you see, standing in the center of this plank that had been standing there is Eladrin, and his rapier appears to be dripping with blood. And right in front of him, there appeared to be splashes of blood across the plank, but no Mervin to be seen. Holy shit, the old man did it! Holy... Wow! From up the stairs comes a uh, younger human male. Um, I'm looking for the Barbely champions. Oh, yes, we're right over here. We're here. Okay. Um. Oh, hi, Mr. Creed. It's good to see you again. Good to see you too. Oh, yeah. You probably wouldn't remember me. Anyway, uh, if you guys have followed me downstairs, uh, we need to get you in place. All right. All right. You guys ready? Great. You're 
You. Finished carb loading. Ready and able. All right. And Fio, you limbered up? Mm-hmm. Perfect. All right. Let's, uh, whew, let's go. You guys make your way down the stairs. Uh, the two of you who are fighting Crete and Fio follow behind the, the young male boy down the stairs, and both Crawl and Trill are taken to a second area, which is a spectator booth to be allowed to watch the fight from there if they would like, and there is an easy staircase access directly down into the stands that you can then go down there and interact with people. You can see that in the arena as it is constructed right now, it has been completely remade over the time that it has taken your party members to, to head downstairs. Um, it looks like from the ground that was a pit before they have risen up a whole bunch of extra seating to fit about an extra 200 people around the area that this fight will be happening in and it appears that that is actually sunk into the ground as well there appears to be a large dais that is in the middle like was described to you guys previously when you were signing up for everything and on the dais itself it seems that there is a picture of driscoll's face carved but when you see it the two of you who are up top, because the people underneath can't see this yet. When you see it, it already has Driscoll's eye patch in the the picture <laughs> down there on the desk. <laughs> I love, um, love this like Harry Potter logic. <laughs> well, they're, they're they're creating it at will, so yeah. they can update it at will. So they've just boom. He's got an eye patch now. He loves it. He's messing with people with it. We're just gonna go with it. So that's created. All along the walls, you see that there are banners, and these banners look very similar to the ones from outside. If either Crawl or Trill would like to roll an investigation to see if you can recognize these banners or their significance, please feel free. Crawl uh, probably the, wouldn't. What's the okay. check? Investigation? Oh, yeah, sure. Trill's somewhat curious. What'd you get? 16. Okay, with a 16, you recognize that all of these banners that are currently hanging up are victory banners from previous Mixit wins over other alchemy shops. That all of these banners were specifically requested to be hung during this battle. Trill starts looking around, trying to find the Barberly one. With a 16, you don't see it at first. Right. You you begin kind of going down and like moving through the crowd and kind of moving around because you can't see all of them. There's some that are on the yeah. wall that are by you. And you kind of start making your way around. There's curmudgeons. And, and then you zip-zaps. see it. Your eyes fall on that banner. Boom. And you see your dad's name down there. And you see Baldrick Morden's name as the person that he was had been challenged by. And then down beneath, where you see that there should be challenger names written, you see Balak Mordron has two challenger names written out. From this distance, kind of hard to make them out. But on your dad's side, you see that nothing is written where the challenge is. He fought for himself. Phil's going to kind of slowly flitter back to the booth so you make your way back uh the two of you that are down below is there anything 
armor or weapon-wise that you would like to try and find before you go into battle? Um, not really. Uh, no. The okay. if my memory is correct, uh, or in more particular, in Crete's experience, the uh, the start of these matches aren't necessarily like super long, right? Like it's not like they spend a whole bunch of time rambling about inane shit before they. They are go. going to announce who the fighters are, whether or not it is lethal, and why the combat is happening. Those three things will be announced, and then the fight will begin. And you, you, according to the arena rules, have to wait until all three things have been announced before the combat is, like, sanctified and allowed to happen. Uh, I imagine combatants, or at least experienced combatants, probably do things like buff and do take potions during the announcements. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Or if it's one that's good, that takes like a little bit longer time to cast, and you don't want your opponent to necessarily know what it was, you can do it down here, like right before you go upstairs, as long as it's going to last you long enough. You know, in your experience, fights are usually not a super long thing. You probably have very rarely had fights that have lasted over two or three minutes. Right, right. So, um, okay, so. Like, just before walking out, essentially, he's going to be, like, psyching himself up a bit and activating his, uh, he's going to be channeling Divinity for his Peerless Athlete feat, or uh, feature. Okay. We should rub some oil on you. Uh, it doesn't go well with the chainmail. Oh. Uh, yes. I mean, the chainmail did use oiling every now and then, but it doesn't use the same oil that, like, my skin does, so, like... You sure you want the chainmail? I mean, you get a lot of attention without it. I mean, sure, but I... Fights are usually decided by who gets hit less, not by who hits more. Fine. Um, Mr. Crete? Miss, uh, Sultana? Uh, yes. Are you guys ready? Mm-hmm. Okay, um, if you can come and stand here and here, and you see that he motions to two spots on the floor, that the rest of the floor down here and, and the area down here is kind of old and musty, and even though people are moving through it a lot, you can see that a lot of the stuff that is lying around, weapons-wise, armor-wise, has probably been lying there a little bit. Unlike, like, everywhere else in this place that is immaculately clean, down here is kind of left alone. And you see that there are two spots on the floor that are going to l raise you up into the arena. Both of you have, have been through this before, seen this before. The rest of the tiling down that's down here is kind of in a, a, a very hunter green-esque color on the floor. And the spots you're supposed to stand, those tiles seem to change into being gold. Okay. You guys step over? Kriegel, go ahead and step on over. Mm-hmm. Let's do this. All right, as you each step onto the little spots, 
beams of light drop down from above down onto you as are wants to do anytime that you're about to enter into an arena and they you start lifting up and you see what those spots of light are is actually the arena floor itself has opened up and the lights of the arena are shining down in on top of you and you can hear the roar of the crowd as you guys kind of get lifted up and come up you see that on the 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 southern side of the arena, which is kind of where the booth that you had been watching from before, and on the map that I've got up for you guys in Roll20 would be this direction. There is a large contingent of people surrounded by these two orcs who just keep chanting over and over, Barbali! 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 And like all of these people around them are chanting this name and Trill, you can hear this as they start coming up and Crete, as your head kind of crests over and people can see you, they just erupt. As you guys get up there though, you see that the entire other 75% of this, the north, uh, west and eastern sides of the arena are filled with people who are wearing the uniforms of Mixing. You have no idea how they got so many people here, and in such a short period of time to attend an event like this, in the middle of the night in the precinct. But it is packed with Mixit people. As you guys raise up at each end, you see that you are raised up onto a block that is about... 10 feet high and about 20 feet long that kind of puts you about halfway up how deep this pit is it's a 40 foot deep pit that the seats are surrounding and looking down into you see that there is a dais that is out in front of you that's about two and a half feet off the ground like i said about 40 feet wide 40 feet long and across the other side you see raising up the large bugbear and the large furbolg both with those same symbols on them. And you see on the north side sits Pebble watching this. And on the south side, you can make out where Trill and Crawl are making their way through the crowds, beginning to talk to people. And I would need both Crete and Fio to roll me initiative. And that is going to be it for tonight's episode of Alar's Refuge. We want to thank you for tuning in this evening to join us on our initial adventure and invite you to come along with us as the party continues to experience the strange world that they find themselves in, starting with a fierce battle with the Stock Boys from Mixit Inc. Will the party get a little bit of revenge for Trill and information for Crete, or will Trill end up finding out what it's like to lose his last bit of self-dignity? We'll find out next time. Until then, keep being the heroes you all are, and we'll see you soon.